505 just outside Hitchin at around 6.30 last night following a collision between a motorbike and a van. Police are urging two drivers to come forward following Monday morning's crash on the M1 in Bedfordshire in which two women were killed. The motorway was closed for nine hours. An 89-year-old woman died in hospital on Tuesday. A 36-year-old woman from Luton died at the scene. Sergeant Richard Cruz is leading the investigation. From other motorists and from witnesses who have come forward are telling us there was a red car uh, and a white van who were uh, close to or or involved in the incident uh, but sadly they didn't remain at the scene. Polls for the Scottish independence referendum open at 7 o'clock. 97% of the Scottish electorate, 4.2 million people, have registered to vote. Voting will take place until 10 o'clock tonight. The result is due to be announced early on Friday morning. Police in Thailand say there is no evidence to link two brothers from Jersey to the murder of two British tourists. Christopher and James Ware had been questioned by detectives who now say they have no suspects for the killing of David Miller and Hannah Witheridge. Detectives are still questioning a man following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in St Albans. Police seized guns, hand grenades and artillery shells during the raid in Windmill Avenue. More from Lee Agnew. Residents were evacuated from nearby homes while bomb disposal experts used a controlled explosion to make the military artefacts safe. It's alleged that the 48-year-old man may have obtained them illegally at heritage or protected sites using a metal detector. Police say the unprecedented seizure includes grenades, rifles, mortar shells, ammunition and a large collection of wartime memorabilia which appears to have been dug up. In sport in the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich. Chelsea were held 1-all at home by German side Schalke. The weather, a cloudy start with brighter spells later, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With me, David Prever, where you can join in the big phone-in and have your consumer problems tackled. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Anne Widdicombe talking about her new novel in which many of the characters bear a not at all subtle resemblance to some of your favourites from Strictly Come Dancing. From three. Roberto Peroni. The best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Why don't we get the greatest talking points? The fair. Bear with me. Try to turn my phone off. It takes a long time because the off button is broken. It's a design fault on the iPhone 5, hence I will not be upgrading to the iPhone 6 until this spontaneously repairs itself. Oh, That'll uh, that'll learn them. Yeah, this they're bit. never going to make any money that lot. Uh, bear with me. I did. You can change where you place your button. Doesn't no, it doesn't work because it means I can't turn it on. Then there we go. I've done it. I could also go in and get it fixed for free as it's a design fault, but I'm not going to let them get me that way. <laughs> Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got a full team in today. Catherine Boyle is there. Yes. Kelly Betts is there. Hello. And Paul Scoins is over there. Here you see. And, well, you don't want to know where JD is. Where is JD? Public convenience. <laughs> he actually is. He's in a loo. <laughs> On today's show, no further action, 24-hour action, and JD's hip action. 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Beatles. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the family of a Luton man who died in police custody are furious there'll be no further action against Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner, who's admitted discussing the case outside work. A formal complaint was made after it emerged that Ollie Martins had disclosed sensitive information about Leon Briggs to his partner. But after investigating the matter, the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been looking into this. Paul, just remind us what Ollie Martins was accused of. Well, Ian, this happened actually at the end of last year when Mr Martins was... uh, He actually admitted disclosing some quite sensitive information about the investigation into the death in custody of Leon Briggs whilst at home with his partner. Now, this was discovered by Bedfordshire Police. Not quite sure how, whether or not that partner then told somebody else who told somebody else um but they referred the case to the independent police complaints commission they began an investigation 
And that, in turn, led to the eventual suspension from the Labour Party of Ollie Martins after it was disclosed earlier this month that the Crown Prosecution Service had been passed the case. The CPS looked into it uh, to see whether or not there was a, a case of misconduct in a public office to answer, and they decided yesterday that, that there wasn't. But Leon Briggs's family are not happy, are they? No, that's right. Uh, Liberty Louise from the Justice for Leon campaign says that she's not surprised he hasn't been charged, but more surprised that he hasn't been dismissed. Uh, but you can't sack PCCs unless they've committed an offence uh, which would merit a prison sentence of longer than a certain period of time, six months I think it is. Uh, Liberty says that this is one of the problems. This just further goes to establish the um, one rule for, for um, the government and its foot shoulders, to be honest, and one rule for the public. Um, there's no equality in terms of, you know, if we'd done the same thing, we would not no longer be employed. Um, we wouldn't be able to go into the police force um, or into whatever area of work we worked into and work again because of that breach of trust. Now, Liberty says that there's been no apology to the family of Leon Briggs and all of the focus on Ollie Martins has actually distracted from this IPCC investigation into the death of Leon. OK, now, as we, you said, this was a private conversation between um, uh, Ollie Martins and his partner. What do we know about it? What exactly did he say? Well, we don't know, um, actually, because he's not said and he's yeah, not, not for want of trying. You've tried on a number of occasions to try and get him to tell us what he told his partner, but uh, nothing's been said. We only know it was fairly sensitive information. We know it was from the police after you asked him uh, earlier this year whether or not uh, it was, you know, who had released him the information. He said, well, I get most of my information from the police. So uh, we don't know. Um, it, it was obviously deemed significant enough by the Independent Police Complaints Commission to start this investigation in the first place. And the, the, the sorry, the CPS, what, what have they said? Well, they uh, sort of released this statement yesterday morning and uh, it said that after following careful consideration and, uh, uh, and a review of the evidence into uh, what they've seen so far that they decided that there was insufficient evidence for a realistic prospect of conviction. They said that uh, in any case of, of misconduct in a public office they'd have to show that there'd been a disclosure of information that was serious enough to amount to an abuse of the public's trust uh, and they said that the evidence was not not sufficient to establish this. Oli Martins said he was relieved to hear that news. It has been uh, a difficult period. It's been uh, quite embarrassing. Uh, it's also been a bit of an embarrassment, I think, for the Chief Constable and the Force. So I obviously welcome the fact that, uh, that this period is at, at an end. Uh, and I think what's quite important now is that uh, the focus should now be on uh, finding out the circumstances in which Leon Briggs uh, met his tragic death. And he has been uh, readmitted to the Labour Party, having been suspended. He's, he did make this comment, though, Ian, about the way that the IPCC pursued their investigation into him. I think uh, I obviously attended a meeting with the police and crime panel in January. Uh, that was uh, an investigatory hearing uh, which received legal advice that said that uh, this wasn't likely to be a criminal matter and, and that has turned out to be the case. Um, but clearly it is for others to judge whether the IPCC uh, should have conducted an investigation. Uh, Mr Martins is coming in later on. It's been a rough few months uh, for PCCs with low turnout uh, at uh, another election in Birmingham after their PCC died. The chap in Rotherham who's only just stood down after the child abuse scandals and various allegations of uh, cronyism and, and, and jobs for uh, friends. Mm. 
Um, Nick Clegg as well came out last week, I think, and said that the PCCs were kind of an experiment that hasn't really worked. Is, is there a future for them? Do we know? It's, it's, the, t- the, the, the tide seems to be turning. You do have to wonder, and you have to wonder whether or not at the next election there is a change of government and, uh, you know, the Labour Party were never in favour of PCCs in the beginning. Um, the Lib Dems were the ones who delayed the uh, vote for PCCs mm. until the November of 2012. To remember that they were initially going to have that vote in May 2012, of course, at the same time as all the other elections. They instead held it in the deep, darkest days of winter and, uh, and, and subsequently turnout wasn't great, but that was because the Lib Dems said that they needed more time to mm. try and introduce the idea of PCC. So I, was, I, I do wonder what support there is for them going forward, although you've spoken to the uh, chair of the Home Office Select Committee, Keith Vaz, who was initially quite critical of PCCs, and he seems to have uh, warmed to the idea of them. And indeed, every time that they say... Uh, or the, 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 you know, this criticism is put to them. They say, well, we're more democratically accountable uh, than the old police authorities. You'll be speaking to the chair of one of the old police authorities later in the programme. We'll see whether or not he agrees. Paul Scoins, thank you very much. Just may be the one play the piano while that song was playing and I can't draw a piano. Catherine? Yes? Could you draw me a piano, please, so yeah. I can teach Paul Scoins how to play the yeah, piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. Let's get the travel while she's doing that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're starting off this morning in Hemel Hempstead on the A41. At the moment it's closed heading northbound between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and London Road. Now that's following an accident that happened earlier on this morning. Taking a look so far at the M25, that's moving well, but do expect delays between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11 as those major roadworks continue there. Taking a look at the trains and seeing delays of up to about 15 minutes at the moment on Thameslink between Bedford and St Pancras, and that's due to an early 
earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 6.16. It's uh, Thursday, the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a man from Luton who died in police custody say the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner should resign. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Stay tuned, dear listener, because I could teach you to play the piano just like this. It's a piece of cake. When you need local news. Patient groups in Milton Keynes say a lack of doctors is putting public health at risk. When you need local travel. Northbound on the M1, the road is still closed for accident investigation work. When you need local weather. Still some patchy cloud around this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio is here. See one or two showers develop on that cloud. With local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. A businesswoman says she fears for her livelihood because of a legal battle over the name of her company. You'll always be up to date. There's possible delays on London Midland between London, Euston and Watford Junction because a freight train's <laughs> broken down. BBC Three Counties this Radio. Actually, that's pretty good, though. OK, we're going to learn how to play the piano on the show today. Back, I'll extend it. OK. <laughs> <laughs> she says to the two most childish boys at BBC Three Counties Radio, I've got a piano, Paul. Yes. Right, and uh, I got ripped off buying this piano. It cost me a fortune. I, it turns out it doesn't work. Yeah, I said it was. 550 quid plus £100 de- delivery. You don't pay for pianos. Well, I know. That's the thing. You don't pay for pianos. You pay for the delivery of pianos, yeah. but no one, no one fact, says... I'm going to send him a stroppy email, actually, because oh, it's rubbish. Really? Right, I'm going to send him an email. The first, right, one of the button sticks... Eesh. Right? But, and the pedals don't do anything. Oh. The pedals are supposed to do something. Like, they're supposed to make it go faster yeah. or something, yeah? Uh, yeah. They don't do anything. Oh. And so I, 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 I phoned him up and said, one of the key sticks. Oh, yeah, right, that's just the way it is. Bruce Hall's been in the range, I said. Well, he said, yeah, well spotted, boss, now, but, now. Oh, no, I can't do that voice. He said, basically, he said, uh, the keys will stick, that's what happens with pianos. Oh, come Atmos- on. Atmospherics. No, that, he didn't blame atmospherics. He blamed atmospherics, right? That's unbelievable. But now I'm going to r- r- write back and say, the pedals don't do anything. They're supposed to make it go faster, right? They don't do anything. Anyway, anyway, I've got a piano. It is a piece of cake to play. I believe you have a piano you've never even opened. Well, we, we I say bought a piano. We were we were given a piano. It cost a lot of money. Yeah, but we had to move it. That oh, cost yeah. a lot. That's what cost the money. That's what costs the money. And so we have a piano. It it's not in tune. Nope. So it needs to be tuned. Okay. I know that much. Yeah. Um, is bought... it true that blind people tune pianos? Some do. Okay. Not all. Okay. Don't yeah. don't as a rule don't go to a blind guy okay. and ask him. It's not the th- it's not like we think they have super hearing. They they don't necessarily. Okay, no. good. Right. Um and I bought loads of books. I bought a how to play music book. I bought a various other um books. And You don't need music. I, I do you do Mate, need music. That is not right. That is not right. We can oh, do it. No, no, hang on. What is that? That is not a piano. Oh, Catherine. Right, OK, this is really going to... 
Hang on a minute, we can make this work. She's drawn piano keyboards, uh, piano keys on two sheets of paper. Uh, there, that works. That kind of works. That works. I tell you what, if you've got a piano at home and you want to learn to play the piano, 08459 455 555. And you could be playing songs as beautiful as this. Oh, it's Tusk. Ladies and gentlemen, later on in the show, we need to get Paul Scoyne's a keyboard, because I have just taught him... Deals, I've just taught Scoyne's how to play the piano during Tusk. Well, at least he can do something useful for <laughs> once. <laughs> That's, that is harsh but fair. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to learn how to play the piano this morning, listeners, I am giving out free lessons. All these. The thing about um, penis, uh, Justin, is that they yes. say it's really hard. Okay, yeah. it is not hard to be a fantastic pianist. It is not. No, no. no. I mean, I mean, look, look at Jerry Lee. Exactly. I, yeah. I will teach anyone how to play the piano this morning. It's a pe- that all these like Elton John. All these great pianists, right? Elton John, yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, all these yeah. people. Oh, it's really hard to learn the piano. I've got loads of lessons. Uh, I've just literally taught Scoins how to play it in three and a half minutes. <laughs> they seem like chances now. Uh, they are, yeah. cha- are yeah. they chances? Yeah. They are yeah. chances. Talentless, yeah. They, ju- they just got lucky. Yeah, thank you, Scoins. You go off and enjoy yourself by playing the piano. Uh, <laughs> now, the re- listen, the reason we got you on, Justin, you've mm. been covering some heavy stories recently. Yeah. Not today. Good news. It's good news for the people of Bedford. Your town, dear listener, is one of the best places in Britain to get shorts. Uh, Get caught short. The new public loose in Lurk Street. Lurk Street? We'll yes. be open 24 hours a day, which in the days when you'd be lucky to find a convenience that hasn't been boarded up is not to be sniffed at. Who writes this stuff? Me, it was yeah. good, wasn't it? Well, while it lasted. <laughs> Justin, you've been checking out these fantastic new loos for us, haven't you? Mm, absolutely. Now, Ian, come on, how many times have you been somewhere and you've not been able to find a public toilet? I bet that happens all the time. Literally every day of my life, my friend. Yeah, yeah. You know me, I'm getting older. <laughs> Not here in Bedford. These toilets, as you say, they are 24 hours a day in Lurk Street. I have to say, they are absolutely beautiful. Oh, great. Two cubicles. Uh, they've got some lovely blue lighting, crisp white tiles, and the shiniest mirrors you have ever seen. Wow. Very, very wow. impressive. Uh, they open this week, but, but who cares what I think? Yeah. I've actually been inside the toilets oh, this morning mate. with the people of Bedford. Two cubicles inside there. Uh, one which is unisex and one which is a disabled toilet. So I've been inside those toilets with the public, Ian, and um, here's what happened. So, Ruben, we're just going to walk inside the toilet here. Look at this, the blue lights. You must be impressed by that, surely. Nah, so it looks a bit like a nightclub, don't it? Well, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Nah. All right, OK, there's a camera up there. Uh, as we walk around here, we've got a, a disabled toilet and we've got a, a cubicle uh, that can be used by men and women with a lock on it. Let's just walk inside here. It's all shiny, it's all new. Come on, as a local, you've got to be impressed by this. Nah, it's nothing special. This looks cheap to me. Looks cheap? Yeah. Should we check out the flush? Yeah, all right. Okay, here we go. I'll probably score that as probably what? Eight out of ten? What about you? Yeah, same as probably. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, at least we've ground something. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for that. What about you, sir, as um, as a local, standing inside the... uh, the toilet with me. How do you uh, how do you rate the smell here? It seems to be quite fresh, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, very very fresh. Yeah, it's looking good. It's, it's brand new. Nice. So, so you're very impressed by the surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about the lighting over here? If we, if we just move out of the cubicle for a second, we can see the blue lighting here with the camera. I, I can see a bit of chic there, but also a bit of safety mixed in as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just lastly, out of ten, how would you describe these toilets out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, how would you score them out of ten? Nine. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. No, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, ten. Yeah. A ten now? Yeah. Nice to meet you in unusual circumstances. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's Pete who's just uh, come out of the toilet. Pete, how would you uh, how would you rate the experience in there? Very good, actually. Yeah. Very, very good, yeah. It's clean, it's tight, it's just been refurbished. It's really nice. So you feel quite good about it? There's a, there's a feel good factor about this toilet? Oh, yeah, 100%. As I say, it's new. So, yeah. Let's keep it that way, new and fresh. Yeah, as long as you don't get vandalised, they'll be all right, yeah. Great right stuff. Thank you very much, Neil, for the toilet feedback. No worries. Gosh, Justin, you really do... Um, 
live the dream there. Absolutely. I think sometimes, Ian, I think, you know, when you come to stories like this, don't just stand outside like every other radio station. Go in there with the people and see what they think. The feedback has been fantastic so far. You were talking to the council later on. And, uh, yeah, I think that um, these toilets are something that people can be proud of here in Bedford. Do, uh, have you used the facilities yourself? Uh, no, give me ten minutes and I'll be in there. Okay. Um, do, do, I'm being told by Catherine why they have blue lights in the yeah, toilets. Yeah, it's not a design thing. I know it's a bit sort of retro in eighties, and it's probably something mm. you've got at home, Justin. A bit of blue lighting. No. Do, do you know what? I, I'd love to have blue lighting well, in my toilet. Do you but, know what uh, it's called, Jules? No, no. Go on. You say you can't find a vein. Is that what it is? Yeah. So people can't shoot up in there. No. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, then that's got a double purpose because that sounds like a great idea. And, and it's secondly, chic too. it looks chic. Chic with safety here in Bedford is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> chic with safety. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Cheers, boss. Oh gosh. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the M1 Luton Spur, building up a bit on the speed sensors this morning, between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. In Hemel Hempstead, the A41 heading northbound. At the moment, it's closed between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and London Road. That's due to an accident that happened a little earlier on this morning. Taking a look at the M25, heading anti-clockwise, starting to build now between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. And on the train, same delays on Thames link at the moment between Bedford and St Pancras and that's due to an earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The family of a man from Luton who died in police custody say the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner should resign. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. Polls for the Scottish Independence referendum open at 7 o'clock this morning and a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discussion Discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich. Here's goalkeeper Joe Hart. Yeah, I had a bit to do tonight, but um, I thought we defended well on a whole and we had a few chances. You know, we could have had the perfect performance and nicked a 1-0 win, unfortunately. We've come away with a loss. We did OK, you know, we, we looked like we were going to get a result out of it, which would have been good start of the group away, obviously, at, at a good side in, in our group. But, you know, it was unfortunate deflection and it's ended up going in and, and killed us. And Chelsea were held one all at home by the German side Schalke, despite taking an early lead through Cesc Fabregas. Tonight in the Europa League, Tottenham are away to Partizan Belgrade. Everton host Wolfsburg. Watford are down to third in the Championship after Nottingham Forest went top with a 5-3 win over Fulham. Former Watford striker Britta Sombolonga scored a hat-trick for Forest. Meanwhile, Watford have confirmed that head, head coach Oscar Garcia remains in hospital, undergoing
undergoing tests after being admitted on Sunday with chest pains. The Milton Keynes Dons chairman Pete Winkleman says he would consider stepping down if the club failed to achieve Premier League football. Winkleman told BBC Look East that Premier League football had to be a realistic dream. As long as I can believe that we are making a difference, then I'd like to stay and try and see the thing through. But I'm very conscious that Milton Keynes does need a Premiership football team. And if in a few years' time I'm still not able to get out of the divisions that we're in, if I'm not able to have a dream of the Premier League, a realistic dream of that, that people in Milton Keynes can believe in, then maybe that'll be the time when when I can't go on. And the Rugby Football Union has apologised for any offence caused by the New England kit, which incorporates the design of the Victoria Cross. The shirts were launched this week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. I'm now in the urinal section. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, my toilet story is... Do you remember when George Michael got caught? Yeah, famously. Famously. I went and filmed at those toilets. Right. For I had... A, I, had I just remember this last night. I had a BBC One television series I remember once. Didn't About toilets? No. But one of the things I had to do was go to uh, film at the toilets mm-hmm. where George Michael... Fam- in uh, in uh, um, uh, America. That's LA, right. wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. That was the fella. Uh, where he got caught. Um, yes. Well, so we By a go- policeman, no less. Yes, we had to go and film at the toilets, and we had to, it's it's a very tiny toilet. There is one urinal, intimate ur- urinal, and one cubicle, mm-hmm. um, and we had to wait because um, there were three men in there for a very very long time. And then these three gentlemen came out after 20, 25 minutes, and they saw a film crew stood there, and they all looked rather sheepish and uh, covered their faces and ran off. Oh, very uncomfortable. Oh, I can think of more erotic places than that particular lavatory. Yeah. Or any lavatory. Oh. Now, uh, uh, Kelly, how many calls have we had um, who want to take me up on my free piano lessons? Um, I, the phones could be broken. Don't take it to heart. Hey, oh, okay. do you remember Talented French Jonathan? Not as well as you do, obviously. Well, maybe Talented French Jonathan's still listening or... But he knows how to play the piano. I need a, well, a novice. Well, he can, he can talk piano with you. I have, just, I have just taught Paul Scoins to play the piano during Tusk. I've just taught you to play the piano during uh, Simon Oxley. Well. And I can teach you, dear listener, 08459 455 555. It would help if you've got a piano or a keyboard there. But if you haven't, you can make one out of paper, like us. <laughs> Yeah, you could do. Maybe we should get this on Twitter. Anyway, the papers. There's not a lot in them, is there? No, there's your mate um, in there. Mackenzie's got a TV series, yes. Yes, writing, directing and starring Mm. in a new comedy is uncharted territory for Mackenzie Crook. Yeah. It's not really, though, is it? He's written stuff before. He's not directed it. And the man best known for his portrayal of the geeky Gareth Keenan in the office as being so heavily involved in a project brings about a range of satisfying emotions. I imagine it does. One of them being um, a healthy bank balance. (laughs) In a number of acting jobs, I've not felt particularly involved. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, good for him. Good for him. Um, you can get extra wide, cosy feet shoes in the Daily Express. There really is not a lot in the papers today. And Beyonce's been airbrushed. Well, <coughs> Have you seen this picture of her? You can DIY, can't you? 
bikini body is beyond belief. Beyonce belief. Beyond belief. Yeah. Beyonce's bootylicious body may not be quite so flawless after all. Judging by this snap she posted on her website. It's a picture of her in a bikini looking very slim, walking down some steps of a yacht. But if you look twixt her thighs, all is not as it seems. No, there's um, uh, something there that shouldn't be. It's a wonky step. Yeah. Basically, uh, uh, thighs and her arms have been airbrushed, but not airbrushed particularly well. And the stairs are all um, um, to cock, basically. Mm. Unless she's got a problem with the yacht. They are expensive and times are hard. Maybe she's just not fixed the step. Uh, an expert says the image looks to have been doctored with the liquify tool used in fashion photography to make subjects look thinner. Why, oh why, oh why, can't we just get rid of this airbrushing? Let's just see people for what they are, people. Flawed, because we've human. Seen, we've seen Beyonce on stage. We know what she looks like. She's a fine figure of a woman. Ain't nothing wrong with that. At BBC3CR on Twitter, you can see a picture of myself and Mr Paul Scoynes. Just have you been liquefied? He's... No, we've not been liquefied. That's us in our natural beauty. And boy, oh boy, ladies, and indeed some gentlemen. I'm not bothered. Don't we look hot? You see, you don't need to liquefy. We look hot. I look really old. I had a haircut yesterday. I had a nut cut. And, um, you look swarthy today. That's what it is. Nothing swarthy. You look swarthy. Um, I'm, I, I prefer suave. Uh, well. I'm from Swaviland. I speak Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and I, uh, my, my boys came in once, okay, uh, they came into work and um, they met Justin briefly, briefly, that's all I would allow. Uh, and then like about six months afterwards, I was explaining to my boys about work and I mentioned Justin and they said, oh, who's Justin? I said, oh, you've met Justin. No? No, you've, you've met Justin. You remember you came in? Yeah. You met Justin? No. Tall fella, got, got blonde hair? No. And then my oldest went, oh, do you mean nutcut? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I mean nutcut. And then he spent the next ten minutes running around saying, oh, nutcut, nutcut, nutcut. <laughs> anyway, I had a nutcut yesterday, and a lot, there was a lot of uh, grey hair was uh, was prevalent in this nutcut. It was very, very disturbing. Well, I think you look very nice. Thanks. And um, short-haired. That's right. And it's, oh, here's something in the papers. Oh. <laughs> Cheeky burger. Uh, we had one yesterday, didn't we, for breakfast? I know. We had a burger for breakfast. Can you do you remember that, Kelly? When we had burger yesterday? Yeah, I do. That was good. It was a Burger King, right? Because I, I, I'm I'm still quite new to meat. I have never eaten meat from a Burger King. It was like going on holiday with an alien. We went to Burger King, and this is the first person I've ever met who had to say, so what's good today? (laughs) I'd never had meat in a Burger King. And I said to the lady, listen, this is my first time eating... I've eaten meat in the other place, in the insane clown shop. Uh, (laughs) But what what would you recommend? And she recommended some stuff. You had a Spanish Whopper. I had a Spanish Whopper. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I could do that again. Anyway, Cheeky Burger. PC blocks disabled Bay to grab his McDonald's. Oh. Silly sausage. A peckish policeman blocked a disabled parking bay and left his car on yellow lines to get a McDonald's lunch. Disabled Philip Skeets was waiting to park when the PC pulled in front of him. Philip, 44, who has spine and heart problems, took a picture of the officer returning with his grub and posted it on Wiltshire Police's public Facebook site. Owned... But they removed the snap within minutes to spare the coppers' blushes. But Philip said, I thought he was on call. But it was apparent he had all the time in the world. I was gobsmacked when I saw him walking back with a bag of McDonald's ten minutes later. Lots of people were shaking their heads and tutting. You can't do nothing these days without someone taking a picture. And quite right too. Bang to right. I think... I think a policeman should be allowed to park in a disabled bay. Yeah, if he's on call. No. Not if he's hungry. No. Come on. Come on, those guys and girls. 
Okay, Ian. Sorry? Hi. What if you were out with your mum yep. and you went to park in the disabled bay but there wasn't one because the policeman was in it? He's ten minutes, he's getting a burger. Fine. How do you know he's getting the burger? He's parked outside McDonald's. There's a picture of him with it. Yeah, but are you willing to wait ten minutes? Or would you park further away? Drive somewhere else. Would it not annoy you? A little bit. He, listen, his job is far more important than this rubbish, OK? And I regularly park whoa, in disabled whoa, whoa. I don't, it's a joke. I think a copper should be allowed to. Look, if he's attending an incident, he should park where he wants. Yeah. The closest place to the incident. If he's just... His incident is a hungry tummy... I'm sorry. Suppose that he's just been to an incident and he's he's, he's traumatised. Anyway, he shouldn't be eating that stuff. He'll never be able to jog on that. He's a good-looking fella. 0845... And I'm genuine about this. No, Yes, I am, mate. No, no, no. Oh, don't say what I'm... I can't believe it. I can't believe that you would say something so daft. Please don't tell me what I'm genuine about and what I'm disingenuous about, Okay. 08459 455 555. It's obvious coppers should be allowed to park in disabled base. Who else should be allowed? Not to? on a lunch break, though. Oh, Come on. Mate. Ian is um, on the line. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How you doing? I always feel uncomfortable talking to another Ian, but we'll, we'll get through this together. What, what would you like to say? Okay. Um, policemen and policewomen get free McDonald's. Do they? I, I think... I, now, now I'm, I'm not sure if it's the food, but I definitely know they get free tea and coffee at McDonald's, and I, I was told this and asked the policeman, and he said, yeah. It's, all, that, it's all the good work they did, they put in... Remember, remember um, all those years ago when McDonald's was being plagued by that thief? Hamburglar. Um, the Hamburglar. <laughs> well, it's fact <laughs> the, the work the police put in that the Hamburglar is locked up behind bars. That's right. But I said to him, I said, is, is it true? And he said, yeah. He said... They're quite happy for it to have to, to stop antisocial behaviour. They're quite happy to have a police car brilliant. in the car park brilliant. and make them free tea and coffee. That is uh, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Well, except it's contributing to police obesity and it's potentially bribery. But apart from that, it's brilliant. They should be allowed to park in disabled bay, shouldn't they, Ian? Mm, no, they shouldn't. If a disabled man with heart, uh, spine and heart problems is waiting, what if he just had spine problems? Uh, if he just had spine problems, then he can probably wait there. But if he's got heart problems as well, he should he shouldn't have to wait. Ian, thanks very much. Right, two things. Measured response. Already, I can see how this show is going. We'll get Justin on in a bit. Who should be allowed to park in disabled bays? Because I do think it's one of those things that we do get a little bit sniffy about. And I think the police officer should be allowed to park there. I think it's one of the things that you should have a principle about. Call it sniffy. Call uh, it right. Oh. Just leave it alone. If like you don't need it, walk a bit further. I mean, no car park right. is three miles long. 08459 455 555. Three things, OK? And I want to prove Kath wrong on all three things. Which you won't. First one, police officers... Four things. First one, police officers should be allowed to park in disabled bays. Right. Yes, if there I'm is... To, I'm trying to sum up, yeah, Kath. But, yeah, I know you are, but you're not taking the subtlety of my argument, and I feel that that's doing me a disservice. It, it's hard to take the subtlety of your argument with such a strong northern accent. <gasps> Police officers should be allowed to park in disabled bays, number one. Number two, who else should be allowed to park in disabled bays? Is that crying or laugher? Laugher. Laugher? Laugher two on the rocks. Who else should be allowed to park in disabled bays? Number three, can we find a car park that's three miles long? And number four, do police officers get free McDonald's? 08459 455 555.
had some criticism on uh, Twitter. Yeah, only from Scott Balch. Yeah. What he recommended yesterday. Well, he rec- I saw Scott Balch, one of our regular tweeters to the show, a regular contributor to the show. I was driving into London yesterday, and on the A4 there's a big poster for Lidl. <laughs> Scott Balcony's plastered all over it. He's moonlighting with a low-rent supermarket. He's the voice of Lidl. He's the voice of Lidl. Share. We've gone into share. Well, and and tell doing? me, that's somewhere you definitely don't want to go into. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1 heading southbound on the speed sensors this morning. It's looking very heavy moving between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Hemel Hempstead, the A41 heading northbound is closed at the moment. It's just between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and London Road due to an accident that happened earlier on this morning. The M25 heading anti-clockwise starting to build up now between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And starting to look rather heavy as well in Bricketwood on the north Orbital Road, just at junction 21A for the M25. On the trains, delays at the moment on Thameslink between Bedford and St Pancras, and this is due to an earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Man alive, I shouldn't have had a really dry biscuit while she was doing that. Excuse me, hang on. 
There we go. 6.47. It is Thursday the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a man from Luton who died in police custody say the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner should resign. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Street. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a bit of a murky start again to the day, but things should brighten up by this afternoon. Now, there are likely to be some sunny spells, but not necessarily for everybody. Some uh, spots will really hold on to that cloud, and there are one or two sneaky showers around, but most of us should have a dry day. Temperatures peaking today for the week, with highs of 24 degrees Celsius. Now, it clouds over tonight, and we may just see a couple of heavy, perhaps even thundery showers in the early hours of the morning. It's certainly going to be feeling humid, with lows between 15 and 17 degrees Celsius and a bit more of that fog and low cloud as well. Now tomorrow, a cloudy day generally. Any sunny spells are going to be few and far between and we've got some heavy thundery showers around as well but they're going to be pretty scattered so again, we won't all see those. Uh, temperatures up to about 22 degrees Celsius. It's going to be feeling increasingly humid. Um, it's the same goes for Saturday as well but we'll have fewer showers around after a cloudy start. Um, Sunday, a fresher and brighter day though altogether, particularly by the afternoon much brighter and Monday early morning mist but then a fresher and brighter day and that's your latest forecast The Scottish referendum across the BBC As Scotland decides the future of the United Kingdom is about to be revealed Will Scotland vote for independence or to stay part of the union? The arguments have been raging amongst politicians, families and friends. And how will the outcome affect you? The real crux of the matter is what of the future, our children's future. Scotland Decides, live from Scotland, tonight at 10.35 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Um... Okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Quick recap. We'll get Justin up in a bit, please. Quick recap. Um, police should be allowed to park in disabled parking bays. It seems obvious to me. Um, uh, even if they're just getting a burger, seems obvious. And if you want to learn to play the piano, um, I will teach you how to do it this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Here's another one for you. Go on. Hamsters. What's the point? Aye. A drain pipe might have been a perfect bolt hole for Rolo the hamster, right when she escaped from her cage. But she soon found. Guess what? Hey. She was stuck. Yeah, she would be. Once her worried owners, James Hammond and Sharon Weaver, tracked her down via a small hole under their kitchen sink and the sound of her claws scrabbling on the pipework, they spent four days dropping in food to try to coax her up. She was living the high life in there and getting fed for it. Well done. You're making her her fat in there. Did you never read Winnie the Pooh? You've got to starve them out. Yeah, of course you have. Eventually, though, they realised she was simply making herself at home in the pipe and enjoying her hand-delivered meals. Like we said, we should be animal behaviourists. Um, okay, sure. It was time to call in expert help in the form of a vet? No, drainage engineer. Oh, Darren Hatfield. Suck he, it out. He used a small camera to pinpoint Rolo's location there three metres down. Oh. Next, he pushed a small piece of mesh into the pipe. Why? Ladder. Oh, hey, this, that, that is genius. And dropped in a peanut attached to a piece of string. It worked a treat treat, get it. As Mr Hatfield slowly withdrew the nut, Rolo followed. She's now safely back in her cage in her owner's Sheffield home. She's got big padlocks on her cage and it won't happen again, said Mr Hammond, tempting fate. My mum's cat lived in a wall. 
The Anglo-Saxons used to do that for look, you know. What, live in a wall? Put a cat in the wall. New house. Very nervous cat. Got into a hole in the wall. We couldn't find the cat. We thought it had escaped. I heard it crying one day. So I had to stay up for two nights in a row to wait for it to come out to get some food and then manhandle it and then cover up the hole. Hang on. So it was coming out to get food and then going back in? Yeah. Own fault then. Oh, it was nuts. It was a nuts cat, actually. It was very, but my, yeah, it was an, anyway, it's a whole different Maybe story. Maybe he just wanted a bit of quiet time. It, it did. The cat was all over the shop. Justin Dealey. Hey, boss. You right, fella? Yeah. Uh, have, we got you, have we got Dom? I was going to say, but before we start, can I say a couple of quick thank yous? Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, OK. Th- thanks for all the comps on the street yesterday in St Albans. I was uh, welcome there with open arms. Um, oh. And again, a big thank you to uh, Peter Andre. We had some great feedback on the new jingles yesterday. So, Pete, I, I did say to you last night, I would say this publicly across <laughs> Beds, Hearts and Bucks. You spoke uh, to him last th- night, did you? Yeah, a big thank you once again, Pete. Really appreciate it. Well, on again. Uh, no, no, no. We, we were texting last night. I suppose you could call that talking to each other. But uh, yeah, we, we were texting, having some text bants, you know. Were you were you frexting? Uh, no, no, okay. just just texting. What have we got you doing this morning? I don't. I, I feel you're well, going to get off lightly today. No, no, listen. At the moment, I'm live in Bedford. I'm outside the new Lurk Street public toilets. Not these, the, of course, not the home of the big tour. We just have to stress that for legal <laughs> reasons. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, these new toilets are open 24 hours a day. They are absolutely beautiful. So at the moment, I'm just literally going in and out of the toilet uh, with the people of Bedford to gauge their reaction <laughs> to them. And you will hear that at 20 past seven uh, with Bedford Borough Council. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Can you think of anything more terrifying than being uh, cornered in a public? toilet by Justin Dealing. By Big Lab with his microphone out. (laughs) (laughs) Can we also, Justin, there's a story in one of the papers today, a police officer is being lambasted for parking in a disabled parking bay Mm. while he went to get his lunch. Now, well, no, I think that's all right. I think coppers should be allowed to. Why? What do you mean, why? Why? Because they do a really serious, important, dangerous job. give Give them ten minutes parking so they can go and get a burger. No. Let, let me give you one quick example here, OK? okay. Now, now because, because I'm a, a manly man and a normal man, unlike you, I, I go to the football most weekends. Right. Now, when I go to Luton Town, they've got a, a fish and chip shop there. Beautiful. And I've seen this happen a couple of times. The, the police come along and they park outside the chippy on double yellow lines yep. and they go in to get their food. Beautiful. Well Yet, done. If a, mem- if a member of the public came along and did that, well... They'd be in trouble. So, yeah. so what's the big difference? Well, the, the, the member of the public is not doing a serious, important job that could potentially right. save lives. The police officer yeah. is, mate. So buying fish and chips is saving lives, i tell you what. Would you rather your police officers got their lunch, quick, double, sharp... Is mm-hmm. that a phrase? They got their <laughs> quick, sharp, double time. <laughs> yeah. Or that they wasted ten minutes trying to park. Then have you got any change for the car park? Then they've got to go and get some change. And then they've got to walk down to the chip. So they waste like an hour, an hour and a half getting Ian, their lunch. Ian, if there was a big emergency, they wouldn't be getting lunch in the first place, would they? Enough said. Oh, yeah, your police officers shouldn't eat. You're right, actually. Yeah, good no, point. No, 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 they should eat. But if there was an emergency, what are they going to do? Oh, I'm really hungry. I've got to eat first. Of course you're going to go. It's, it's like me. The emergency's got nothing to do with it. Kath, talk to him. No, he's right. What? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You never agree with Dealey. I do this time. It's like, it's like you saying to me this morning that, that, that there's a breaking story somewhere and me saying, well, hang on a second, Ian, I've got to eat first. Nobody no. in their right mind would do that and a police no. officer would be exactly the same. Listen, Justin, my point of view on this is park where you want if there's an emergency. Park cl- the closest you can get to where you need to get into because we all yep. know they aren't going to run very fast if they're eating McDonald's all the time anyway. Oh, That's no, the other thing. I'm not having this. Right? But if it's just y- y- your hunger emergency that you're a- attending to... 
park a bit further along, lad, and jog in. Supposing Absolutely. they've... Supposing, right, because they've not... But they can't park anywhere decent, and there's all these emergencies you keep banging on about, supposing they get low on... Uh, their, their blood sugar level gets low and they faint. Oh, oh, oh you come want, on. You want, you want all of Luton Police Force fainting, oh, do you, mate? Oh, hey, you're clutching at straws. There's another option, you know. Go on. Pack lunch. Oh, mate. Yeah. What, so they've got to carry that around as well as their bulletproof vest? Stick it in your glove box. Justin, would you take it to the streets, mate? If you're being serious about I this, yes, serious. I will take it to the streets, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take it to the streets. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Catherine? Gee, but it's great to be back home. Home is where I want to be. Starting off on the A1M heading southbound, very slow on camera between Junction 7 for Stevenage and Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. The M1's also looking quite heavy on the sensors this morning, heading southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41 at the moment, it's 
closed heading northbound just between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and London Road and that's following an accident that happened a little earlier on this morning. The M25 heading anti-clockwise on the speed sensors are slow moving at the moment just between junction 17 for Maple Cross and junction 16 the M40. Having a look at the trains and delays at the, up to about 15 minutes on Thameslink this morning between Bedford and East Croydon that's due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, coming up, do you want piano lessons? I can give them to you. And seriously, police officers, they should be allowed to park in disabled base if they're getting their lunch. It seems obvious to me. You agree, don't you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton family call for Beds Police Commissioner to resign. Driver killed in Bedford crash. An investigation continues in St Albans after wartime explosives found. BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a man from Luton who died in police custody say the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner should resign. Ollie Martins admitted passing on sensitive information about Leon Briggs to his partner, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. Liberty Louise from the Justice for Leon campaign says she's not surprised. As far as we're concerned, there hasn't been any kind of public apology to the family uh, regarding the information that was leaked or, you know, the actual conduct of the police and, uh, police and crime commissioner. That That is what is, you know, should be spoken about. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. A second man who was a passenger in the car suffered serious injuries. Only one vehicle was involved. Police are appealing for witnesses. Meanwhile, the air ambulance was called to the A505 just outside Hitchin at around 6.30 last night following a collision between a motorbike and a van. Police are urging two drivers to come forward following Monday morning's crash on the M1 in Bedfordshire in which two women were killed. The motorway was closed for nine hours. An 89-year-old woman died in hospital on Tuesday. A 36-year-old woman from Luton died at the scene. Sergeant Richard Cruz is leading the investigation. From other motorists and from witnesses who have come forward are telling us there was a red car uh, and a white van who were... uh, close to or or involved in the incident, uh, but sadly they didn't remain at the scene. Polls for the Scottish independence referendum have just opened. 97% of the Scottish electorate, 4.2 million people, have registered to vote. Voting will take place until 10 o'clock tonight. The result is due to be announced early tomorrow morning. Police in Thailand say there is no evidence to link two brothers from Jersey to the murder of two British tourists. Christopher and James Ware had been questioned by detectives who now say they have no suspects for the killing of David Miller and Hannah Witheridge. An investigation is continuing following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in St Albans. A man remains in custody after police seized guns, hand grenades and artillery shells during the raid in Windmill Avenue. More from Lee Agnew. Residents were evacuated from nearby homes while bomb disposal experts used a controlled explosion to make the military artefacts safe. It's alleged that the 48-year-old man may have obtained them illegally at heritage or protected sites using a metal detector. Police say the unprecedented seizure includes grenades, rifles, mortar shells, ammunition and a large collection of wartime memorabilia which appears to have been dug up. 
In sport, in the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich. Chelsea were held one all at home by the German side Schalke. The weather, a cloudy start with brighter spells later, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With me, David Prever, where you can join in the big phone-in and have your consumer problems tackled. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Anne Whittacombe talking about her new novel in which many of the characters bear a not at all subtle resemblance to some of your favourites from Strictly Come Dancing. From three. Roberto Peroni. The best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a busy show this morning. What have we got? Well, no further action. 24-hour action and JD's hip action. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Also, I'm offering free piano lessons. Why has nobody taken me up on that? I've worked out the secret of the piano. It turns out it's a piece of cake. If you want to take part in the show, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The uh, family of a man from Luton who died in police custody are angry that no action will be taken against the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner. Ollie Martins admitted passing on sensitive information about Leon Briggs to his partner. But the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. Liberty Louise from the Justice for Leon campaign says she's not surprised he hasn't been charged, more surprised he hasn't been dismissed. This just further goes to establish the um, one rule for, for um, the government and its foot shoulders, to be honest, and one rule for the public. Um, there's no equality in terms of, you know, if we'd done the same thing, we would not no longer be employed. Um, we wouldn't be able to go into the police force um, or into whatever area of work we worked into and work again because of that breach of trust. Well, Ollie Martins joins me in the studio. Morning, Ollie. Thank you for coming in. How do you respond to what uh, Liberty Louise was saying? Uh, well, I can assure people that uh, my error has been exhaustively investigated by the IPCC. Um, I was interviewed under caution twice. My partner was questioned. The chief constable was interviewed. The person driving the car when we had the conversation was interviewed. Uh, quite a few people have been interviewed and it's been looked into exhaustively to establish um, if there was any uh, criminal or bad intent on my part um, in terms of the circumstances in which that error took place. Um, and the CPS have concluded that uh, there isn't any evidence to bring a criminal prosecution. Um, so it was an error, pure and simple. Um, I've always been uh, transparent and apologetic about that. And um, frankly, you know, politicians are humans too. Uh, we do make mistakes. And, you know, what I found is that most reasonable people um, are prepared to accept that. Um, you know, in <coughs> the circumstances that I've been open and apologetic about the error that I made. What did you say to your partner? Uh, the information that I discussed is still sensitive. Uh, it's still an ongoing case uh, investigation by the IPCC, so I are clearly not going to... Okay, so it was sensitive police information that you were privy to. Two things strike me, Ollie. 
One, why were you saying sensitive police information to your partner? Uh, I was discussing um, a difficult day and um, I clearly uh, overstepped the mark in terms of what I shared with my partner um, about that difficult day. Two, you mentioned, I, I, for some reason I had in my head that you had done this at a private meal. I didn't realise you'd done it in the back of a cab. Was it a back of a cab? No, no. The, um, I think I was briefed by the Chief Constable, or we certainly had a conversation uh, when we were uh, driving to Luton. OK, so, who, so, sorry, was it a police, driving the car, a police officer driving the car or a civilian driving the car? Uh, it was, uh, I think it was the Chief's uh, staff officer. OK. So that's, that's when I was briefed, so they wanted to know about the circumstances in which I was briefed. Right. Uh, the conversation I had with my partner was at home over dinner at the end of the day. So how did it get out that you'd done this? Um, my partner then spoke to someone else um, and he assumed that they had a greater level of knowledge than they actually did. Was it a journalist he spoke to? No. No. OK. You, you can understand when it's a situation like this, where, where particularly the Justice for Leon campaigners, mm. who who believe that there is um, a, a, a cover up, conspiracies, yeah, and yeah. mistrust yeah. in the police. Mm. Um, well, look, you I can mean, understand why they'd be I, they'd be upset with this decision. Yes, um, in a way. All, all I would say is, I spent uh, a large part of my career. Um, working for a Member of Parliament who was a, a leading campaigner in the Justice for Hillsborough campaign. Um, and in fact, my partner lost a close friend at Hillsborough. So actually, you know, when this all broke, one of the things that was distressing for both of us was the idea that either of us would engage in an attempt to blame a victim or someone who could well be a victim, you know, can't prejudge the outcome of the investigation. But the idea that we would go out and try and blame someone, you know, in those circumstances, in circumstances that may or may not be similar to Hillsborough, but, you know, Hillsborough is notorious for the police blaming the victims. The idea that we would be party to something like that, you know, that's quite upsetting. Have you? Uh, is it strained relations between you and the Chief Constable? Do, do you think that um, you've lost her trust? I don't have any evidence of that. No, I, I mean uh, we. I think we have a very good uh, working relationship, um, and you know, I, well, I can't speak for her, but I, I assume that she too is someone who accepts that that people will make mistakes uh, and also accepts that it was a mistake and that I didn't have any uh, ill intent uh, in uh, the error that I made. It's another black mark, isn't it, against um, PCCs? Because it's not been a great month for them, with the, the, the gentleman in Rotherham being eventually standing down. Very low turnout in the, the Birmingham election after Bob Jones mm. died. Um, Nick Clegg saying it's an, it's an experiment that hasn't really worked. It, it's, it's, it's not been great, has it, for PCCs recently? No, but a few years ago, um, we had a situation where, um, you know, quite an appalling number of members of Parliament... Um, were involved in an expenses scandal. Now, uh, our response to that wasn't to say, right, we've got to get rid of Parliament. It was... Well, some, right, people, some people did. Some people <laughs> said it. Right, we've got to get rid of um, MPs. 
um, you know, I'm up for election, uh, I expect, in a couple of years' time, and people will be able to make their judgment about me and will be able to either vote me back into office or vote me out of office. What's, what's that better? Is, that is how our democratic yeah. system works. And actually, I think the idea that police governance should be subject to local and democratic accountability is not a bad idea. What's better now than it was two years ago, two and a half years ago, under the old police authorities? That democratic and local accountability. Is that the only thing? Well, I think it's important. Uh, and, and I find, you know, one of the things I did a, a couple of weeks ago was I spent a lot of time with my interns blitzing around the county, um, speaking to people in places like Luton, Bedford, Ampthill, uh, some of the villages in Bedfordshire. Um, and we conducted about 500, almost 500 face-to-face interviews. Um, and, you know, what I found is that Actually, when you ask people about some of the uh, strategic issues in policing, they're, they're quite keen to, to have their say. Not and keen I, enough to go and vote, though. 85% of the electorate didn't. No, that's right. I mean, we are, you know, we are struggling against a situation where the, the bodies that we replaced in terms of police authorities were not that visible. People are not that clear about police governance. And we're obviously going to have to work hard to establish that credibility. Mm. But as I say, when you start to when I start to engage with people um, about my role and strategic priorities for policing and so on, people do like to engage, do like to have their say. And I think it's far better that we have a system that is local and democratic and accountable than what you had previously. Uh, which was, you know, police forces basically responding to the diktat of the Home Secretary in Whitehall. You know, we've got this amazing exercise going on in Scotland today um, where people seem to be reacting against, uh, you know, heavy control yes. from, from well, London. Just, we have to be careful what we say about that because uh, I believe there is a perda going on. So we have to be a little bit careful what we say about Scotland. I'm just saying there's no, this big exercise in yep. democracy um, and people you know, keen to have their say about whether their affairs should be run from London or not and whether that works or not. And, you know, I think... The same thing applied to the PCC. Did you, did you nearly uh, resign? How close did you come to resigning? I've paid very close attention to uh, whether the people that I've got to work with, such as the Chief Constable, uh, and whether the public um, have continued to have confidence in me and... By and large, I have found that that it, you know because I think because I have been open and apologetic about my error, and because people accept that there was no ill intent, there hasn't had uh, been too detrimental too detrimental an impact on on that level of public confidence. A couple more quick questions. Your deputy resigned rather suddenly and recently. What what happened there? Well, I again, this is a sensitive issue that. Uh, I will say is completely unconnected to the other issue that we've been talking about, but unfortunately it's a sensitive issue that I can't talk about. It would seem that with this story and with, with, with the, your deputy and the story we're talking about, that um, <clears throat> I can understand why there is sensitivity, but it, it doesn't sound any more accountable than the previous system. If the deputy has stepped down, surely the, the, the public have a right to know why she stepped down. There doesn't seem to be any accountability there. Given the sensitivities, I'm afraid I really can't. So go, there's no accountability on that. Well, there may well be a time and a place when I am able to be more frank about what's happened, but it's not at the moment. I'm afraid. Is she closely connected to the Leon Briggs investigation? 
No, it's not got anything to do with Her seven down has nothing to do with with Leon Briggs at all? No, nothing at all. We got an email saying nice things about you. (laughs) I know, I I, I know. Uh, This is from Mark in Bletchley. Morning, Ian. I quite admire Ollie Martins for coming on the radio with you and holding his hands up. We all make misjudgments in life. Good on him. Oh. There's a surprise. Thank you very much, Mark in Bletchley. It's a pity you won't be able to vote for me because you're in Bucks, not Bedfordshire. <laughs> in the wrong place. Ollie, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Appreciate your time this morning. OK. Uh, 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving at the moment on the Great North Road, heading southbound, just at the Black Cat roundabouts. Also, the M1 looking very heavy moving on the speed sensors between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Taking a look so far in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 heading now northbound is closed, just between the Hemel Hempstead Turnoff and London Road. That's following an accident that happened earlier on this morning. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Lane. And in Elstree, the A41 Edgware Way is partially blocked just at Junction 4 for the M1 due to an accident there. And on the trains, we are seeing delays on Thameslink between Bedford and East Croydon, and that's due to an earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16, it's Thursday the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Seals a famous victory here! What drama we've had! It's about the managers. I'll make the most of your openings, and we, we perhaps haven't done that, and, and haven't done it so far this season, if I'm honest. I'm honest. The players. We know we need to be better. We're not being complacent. We'll find a solution that will get us playing how we was last season, how the fans expect us to be playing. And the fans. I'm getting seriously concerned we could end up back where we started. Every day, we bring you latest news on your local team. Wickham Wanderers remain fifth in League Two after a nil-nil draw with Berry. Stevenage lost 3-2 at home against York. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the um, stories that's been mentioned in the news this morning, we haven't touched on, and it's in... um... Ah, here it is. Page 20 and 21 of the Daily Mail. This fella in St Albans... Sorry? He's just in doing his uh, oh, sound check. It's uh, this fella in St Albans mm-hmm. who um, had some military equipment. Now, Justin went to this, yeah. didn't he? Justin was there for this um, um, raid. Is that the right word? War cash. Cash, cache. Cache. Cache in the attic. No, cash. It should be cash in the attic. It's spelled like that. Anyway, war cash in suburbia. Street evacuated as police raid uncovers bombs, guns, bullets and Nazi artefacts. A leafy suburban street was evacuated yesterday after bombs, firearms and ammunition were found at a military enthusiast's house. 
Inside former fireman Alan Tissington's home, they unearthed a treasure trove of First and Second World War artefacts, including a 100-year-old machine gun, rifles, mortar shells and handguns. They also found Nazi memorabilia, etc. There's loads of it. The pictures are incredible. It's like a mini museum, isn't there's it? There's loads of it. I mean, I can... I'm, look, there's about, what, 30, 40 hand grenades. Uh, I can see about 15, 20 artillery shells. Um, and what... Uh, I, don't, I don't understand why anybody... Listen, I collect some odd stuff. I collect records, though. Records and um, um, flick books of the monkeys. I've got some flick books in there. But 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 why would anyone collect a Nazi? Me- We've had a fella in before, haven't we? Who sells Nazi memorabilia? Why would anyone collect that and guns and things? I don't get it. I don't know how old, how old is this gentleman? In- uh, um, forty-eight. Right. In St. Al- residents either side of the forty-eight-year-old semi-detached house in St Albans and in two properties behind it were told to leave during the operation. They may be un- unable. Oh, let's send. Um, let's, uh, Scoins is doing nothing now. He's made coffee. We'll ask Scoins to go. Let's send Scoins out there. It says here. They may be unable to return to their homes for two days while work continues to dis- establish whether the collection poses any risk. I think there is a generation in this country where, rather than cow... Well, as, as well as cowboys and Indians, yep. the Tommies and the Nazis were quite, you know, the sort of popular characters of the time, the heroes and villains of their time. So it may be a throwback to that. You know, that might be why he's so interested. But why would you have loads of guns? Well, because that's what they played. That's what kids in the street were playing. With sticks! Plastic cap. What? Do, who are the? Okay, here's a. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. A. If you live in the area and you know this gentleman and you you're aware of this cachet in the attic. B. If you can explain the fascination with with guns and Nazi memorabilia. C. What do children? Who are the good guys and the bad guys now? Cowboys and Indians was a little bit at my school, but it was more superheroes even, and Star Wars when I was a kid. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, in the seventies, we used to walk around with our arms around each other, going, "Who, who wants, wants to, play to play war? No girls allowed." Oh, yeah. We used to do. Who wants to play? Star Wars. <laughs> but the thing is, there was a limited number of girls allowed to play that game because there weren't that many female characters. We used to make them up. Who wants to play war? No girls allowed. And um, the girls used to have their own game. Who wants to play Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> we used to play the A-team, and sometimes we were the oh, A-team yeah. versus some Mexicans. Again, limited number of girls in that. So I wonder what do kids... What do, I mean, kids don't go around playing... Um, 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 the Taliban versus, you, you know, the Allies, do they? What, who, who are the bad guys now for kids to play? 08459, for, a genuine question, 08459, 455, 555. I'd love to know. And if someone can explain the fascination of uh, World War II and Nazi memorabilia, please let me know. Hey, here's something. Guess what I did this morning? 11th Junction 10. Um, yeah, I had a tinkle. Oh, the Queen's probably had a tinkle this morning. You had a tinkle this morning, Kath? Okay, of course I have. I'm human. Well, in Bedford, they've not been able to have a tinkle for ages. But now they can have one any time they want. The town has taken the revolutionary step of not only keeping some public toilets open, but doing them up and making them available 24 hours a day. Well, um, we, uh, we all know what goes on in public toilets in certain places, but Justin Dealey has been there this morning. Good morning, Just. Hello, boss. Can you hear me OK? Are you, are you in there now? I'm actually inside the toilet as we speak. I'm here on Lurk Street in bed for this new toilet, 24-7. Sir, you just come out of the toilet without oh. swearing. How was it for you? Very good indeed. Yeah? Very good, yes. 
nice and clean and tidy, beautiful. There you go. There's one man who's very happy. He's going to walk out now. Felt quite scared then. Um, so, yeah, um, inside this new toilet, Ian, I can confirm the tiles are very shiny. The mirrors are very shiny. In terms of the flush facilities, absolutely excellent. The blue lighting, again, looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, but it's not about me, Ian. It's not about me. These toilets are for the people of Bedford. I have been in and out of these bogs this morning, getting reaction from the people, and Ian, here's what happened. Well, Mohammed, you're walking into these toilets with me now for the very first time. What's your first impressions here? Very clean and very impressed. I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Because you heard us talking about it on the radio this morning. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Let's now go in the cubicle together. Here we go. What do you think about this? Yeah, it looks like a, like a hotel... Uh, Toilet and that stuff. Yeah. It looks clean. And I mean, not uh, from the council. I wasn't expecting, you know, you go to the other toilet, they are all dirty and smelly and and not clean. This is very, very, very... I'll come here, definitely. I'm yeah. a taxi driver. I'm always looking for the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check out the flush. Listen to that. It's a lovely flush, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that is a really nice yeah. flush. And um, just lastly, I mentioned this to the guys earlier on. Yeah. We can see the camera there. Yeah. Uh, we can also see the blue lighting. Yeah. I would describe this as security chic. Of course. Because A, it looks good, and B, you feel secure. Of course, because I think this is 24 hours. Yeah, 24 hours a day. So they need a camera. Mm. In case you get druggies or you get like uh, bad people, criminals, whatever, to come down that and do something, something stupid here. I mean, this is really, really good. You're actually shocked. You're now looking yeah, around even yeah, more. Yeah, you can't yeah. quite believe what you're seeing, can you? Yeah, because it looks like a, when you when you go to the hotels, this is how they look like, you know, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> Thanks for the comps on my Saturday show as well. I know you're a big Ian Lee fan. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, Barry, we're uh, inside the toilet together here, hanging out. Um, you've seen both cubicles. How do you rate this place? All right, mate. Well, nine out of ten, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? I mean, I must cost my people Bob do it up, must it's a question we can put to the council, but um, this is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It, it's almost like you're in a five-star hotel, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Be all right, people keep it nice, you know what I mean, but you know what people are like. Yeah, people can be a nightmare, can't These they? old bumps come in, they've had a lot of drink and they, you know, spoiled everything, did not they? You know? Yeah. Anyway, so I've got to go. Well, now outside the toilet, I feel safe. Thanks for your time, Barry. Take care. Well, Justin... Mm. I think we've just won ourselves our next Radio Academy Award. Thank you, brother. Thanks, boss. And what, what, one bit of feedback for the council, what I would say, yeah. um, the toilets are quite small, actually. So we've got uh, two cubicles, one which is a unit, one for uh, disabled. Um, somebody mentioned to me earlier on, these toilets opened on Monday, I believe, that, uh, that there was a bit of a queue here on Tuesday. So a bit of feedback for the council. Yes, people love it, but maybe more cubicles at some point in the near future. But let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Justin, thank you so much for listening to That Is The Council. Bedford Borough Councillor Charles Royden joins me now. Morning, Charles. Hey, good morning. It's, it's, you, know, you take on board, obviously, Justin's feedback. It's, it's a bold move. I thought the public loos were, you know, our tongue is slightly in our cheek, but I thought the public loos were being shut for uh, cost reasons, for safety reasons. Why have you taken this decision? Well, public toilets are being shut by councils across the, the whole of the country, but Bedford... Borough Council's investing in frontline services, and that's been a a theme that we've had now for a few years, and there are now more toilets available in Bedford Town Centre than ever before. There's actually 26 places now where you can go and spend a penny, and uh, some of those are owned by the council, and some of those are ones that we operate with 
partners in places like the Bankers Draft, Pilgrim's Progress, McDonald's, across the town, places that open their facilities to the public as part of our community toilet scheme. And the facilities that we've got, we're making sure that they are high-quality facilities. So we're investing in, um, you know, redoing them, putting in disabled facilities, baby-changing facilities, and facilities such as River Street, which has a changing places disabled toilet where you can go get washed. It's a really fantastic facility. So across the town, you've got a whole network now. And so if people come to Bedford, they can be assured they can go to the toilet. And this, this specific living luxury, how much is that, did that cost? I think it's the last, last bill I saw was about 25k. Well, that's all right, isn't it? Well, it, it is because what we did have in that location was a very unsanitary place where people didn't use it. I mean, you've now got a queue for people to use these toilets. Uh, beforehand, we had a really horrible set of toilets which weren't open 24 hours, uh, less than 10 people a day using the men's and the women's toilets. So what we've done is replace those with a beautiful facility because what people want when they go and use a public convenience isn't, you know, a really horrible place where they feel unsafe, where it's dirty and unsanitary. So places like, I mean, if you look at All Hallows in the, the old bus station, that used to be a real... It, we were really ashamed of that um, in Bedford, but we've got it. And we spent, you know, literally, you know, tens and tens of thousands of pounds, uh, and re- really made that top quality. So we're, we're trying to make sure that the people of Bedford have got the toilets they deserve, and people who come to shop in our town centre find that we've got the best facilities in the country. If it's open twenty-four hours, Charles, how do you stop um, uh, drug users going in there at three o'clock in the morning, or gentlemen um, 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 going in there? How do you stop dodge pottery in there? Yeah, I know. It's absolutely, absolutely right. You do have to make sure that you. You, you keep them um, well monitored, and we've got a 24-hour camera which operates outside the toilets in the in the areas you approach them. So if someone goes into those toilets, they're monitored, and they we've got that all recorded. It's logged to our control room. We have staff who go and visit the toilets throughout the day and night. Um, this is part of a new move that we've got to open Lurk Street Car Park and River Street Car Park 24 hours a day. So if you come to Bedford now... 24 7 365 days a year you've got these car parks open so if someone comes into the town they know they're also going to be able to use the toilet facilities i genuinely think this is a brilliant idea charles i i, I for a long time i've been, hey. been yeah I, i've been bemoaning the lack of public facilities particularly particularly when you've got you know two young kids and, yeah, and uh, you're getting older and your bladder gets weaker is, you know, is that what you catherine raises a salient point though catherine now i also think it's a great idea but the one thing a reservation i would have about unisex toilets if i was a woman using the loo as you would be. I don't want to come out and see a bloke standing there. Hey, don't go to France. <laughs> hey, I used to live in France, so I don't live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point, though, isn't it, Charles? Do you think that I mean, people... especially late at night, I'm talking, you know, it's, it's quite intimidating. What we can say is that there is a, a, a CCTV camera there which makes sure that absolutely everything is monitored. So in terms of security, we've done absolutely all that we possibly can to make sure that people are safe. And the same goes for our car park. It's monitored 24 hours. We've got CCTV in. So if you come to Bedford, you know it's, a, it's about as safe as you're going to find in terms of a town. Charles, I think it's a cracking idea and it's good to have some good news for a change. Thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, hey, all the best. Thank you very much. Bedford Borough Councillor Charles Royden. We're celebrating toilets today. Why the hell not? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1 heading southbound, we're getting reports in of it being partially blocked between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 10 at Faluton Airport Spur Road due to a broken down van. The A1M's looking heavy as well, just around Junction 7 for Stevenage, and it's partially blocked at the moment on the M11 uh, between Junction 8 at Bishop Storford and Junction 9 for Saffron Walden following an accident there. The A41 in Hemel 
Hampstead heading northbound close between Hemel Hempstead Turnoff and London Road. That's following an accident. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving on the sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 16 for the M40. Having a look at the trains and delays on Thameslink between Bedford and East Croydon, that's due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. On Twitter, we're getting a few suggestions as to what is being played in school playgrounds. Who are the baddies these days? 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign, which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Wynn. Mill Avenue. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich, and Chelsea were held one all at home by German side Schalke despite taking an early lead through Cesc Fabregas, leaving a frustrated Jose Mourinho. That's football, that Champions League, that's, that's normal. Uh, Schalke come to get the point. When they found themselves with the 1-1, they fought hard to keep the to keep the result. So, congratulations to them because they get their objective. And yes, a little bit of frustration for for us because uh, we did everything to win and we couldn't. Tonight in the Europa League, Tottenham are away to Partizan Belgrade. Everton host Wolfsburg. Watford are down to third in the Championship after Nottingham Forest went top with a 5-3 win over Fulham. Former Watford striker Britta Sombolonga scored a hat-trick for Forest. Meanwhile, Watford have confirmed that head coach Oscar Garcia remains in hospital undergoing tests after being admitted on Sunday with chest pains. The Milton Keynes Dons chairman Pete Winkleman says he would consider stepping down if the club failed to achieve Premier League football. Winkleman Winkleman told BBC Look East that Premier League football had to be a realistic dream. As long as I can believe that we are making a difference, then I'd like to stay and try and see the thing through. But I'm very conscious that Milton Keynes does need a Premiership football team. And if in a few years' time I'm still not able to get out of the divisions that we're in, if I'm not able to have a dream of the Premier League, a realistic dream of that, that people in Milton Keynes can believe in, then maybe that'll be the time when, when I can't go on. And the Rugby Football Union has apologised for any offence caused by the New England kit, which incorporates the design of the Victoria Cross. The shirts were launched this week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I am so disappointed. I am offering the gift of music. I am prepared to teach people over the airwaves how to play a piano, a pianola, um, basically how to become a penis. A bon tempi? Yeah, I would teach them anything. I can do it. I taught scoins in three and a half minutes. It's mm. easy. All these pianists, they do this, all this show, Liberace and um, Elton John and Clayderman and even Mrs Mills. They do this thing where they make Mrs Miller, no Mrs Mills. They, they make it, oh, we've had years of training, oh, it was really hard. Oh no, you couldn't play the piano. It's, too, it's not, mate. It's a piece of cake. I worked out a Beatles song yesterday in two and a half minutes. So it turns out they're all chancers. They are all chancers. Mylene Class, chancer. Clayderman, chancer. 
John Chancer. I think they're the only... Jean-Michel Jarre? No. He invented um, uh, the light harp. It's a harp made of pure light, mm. and every time he plucks one of the invisible electronic light strings, an angel's tears are amplified. I'm at sure. Docklands. Yeah. And what about Howard Jones? Um, uh, Pretty good. Oh, I know, Previn. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five and five. Would you like to learn the piano? It's very, very easy. I will teach you how to do that. Other things we're talking do about. Do they need a piano? I, it helps. Or you can draw one, but it helps if you've got a piano so we can hear the, uh, the effects. Other things we're talking about. This fellow in St Albans who's got a huge collection of Nazi and Nazi memorabilia and a load of weapons. And I don't get it. I don't get why somebody would collect... I, I can understand why you collect records, because you can play them, or you can look at them, or you can show them to your other geeky friends and go, look, we've got... I don't think girls collect things. So this is a boy thing, collecting. But not the same thing. I mean, shoes... Yeah, that's a myth, it's not though, really isn't collecting it? Collecting shoes, is it? The, the shoes just, and the bags thing is a myth. Just having the right shoes for the right occasion. How many shoes have you got? Loads. Really? Mm. Well, give, give us a, give us a number. I had to chuck some recently because my husband got annoyed. Uh, in my bedroom at the moment, for best that I never wear, probably about five pairs. Well, that's not that bad. Downstairs. Oh. Probably about the same again. In my wardrobe. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, probably about the same again. So 15 pairs of shoes? Something like it's that. It's not that you know bad. How many pairs of shoes my husband's got? Two. Two. Yeah. Work shoes, not work shoes. Wow. I've got um, posh black shoes, posh brown shoes, boots, trainers, cons, slippers. So that's six pairs. Do you count slippers as shoes? Yeah, why not? So I've got six pairs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what do I collect? What do I collect? Girls don't, because boys like statistics, they like figures, they like historical things, they like... As my friend, my friend summed up my collection of monkeys memorabilia, he said, this is great. What you've got here is um, dozens of versions of the same thing that are ever so slightly different. Yeah. And that's what it is. The same thing, but slightly different. I don't think many women are into that thing of just having something to... It's like a hunter thing, isn't it, that you're doing? It's just about possession. Yeah. And having it there, you might not ever look at it, but you know you've got it and you've found it. That's yeah, the whole thing. Exactly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We can talk about collections. I, I would like someone to um, to, to, to tell me the, the, the Nazi memorabilia collection. That's that's a strange one. We've discussed this before on the show, but I don't quite I don't quite get it. The monkeys never murdered anybody. Set music. <clears throat> Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Dennis. Yes. I know. It is a good morning, yes. Isn't it? Yes, but a bit of luck will get rid of the Scots. Well, listen, we can't... No, 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 Dennis, no, shut up. Listen, for everybody, we can't talk about it, for goodness sake, so let's not. Move on. Yes. Right. You were talking about toilets earlier on. Yes, we did. We're doing a... We're celebrating the magic of toilets today. Yes, well, I... Hats off to toilets. That's right. Well, I... Salute the loo. Yes. Hang on a minute. Okay. Is that what you say? Is that what you say when you're in there and someone's knocking on the door? Toilet I ever came across. I'd give it five minutes if I were you. In Hiroshima, sorry, Japan. Oh yeah. And it was a street toilet, and I went in there to do what I had to do, Jimmy Riddle, you know. And I'm stood there, and a little Japanese comes and stands next to me. Oh yeah. I thought that's nice. He's been very friendly. And then his wife put her head around the corner. She was linking him the other side. She was making sure the family heirlooms weren't damaged. I think. What? Yeah, and, and you... She was like, linking... What do you mean, linking him? Well, she was stood at the side of him, you know, with her arm linked to his, while he was... While he was having a wee-wee? Yep. Yeah. I think she was making sure, eh, 
contemplating the size between his and... Oh, right, yes, OK, yes, 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 yes. And also making sure that he was put back undamaged. Because you talk about blue lights, I realise now that place was probably... I've suffered for the body. It was around. It was a hundred meters from the, the ground zero. Where here's the here's something, Dennis. So it was blue, blue it, lights, and I realised it must have been radioactive. No, it wasn't radioactive. You see. Well, well, how long ago was it? You used this toilet? Uh, oh, let me see. Uh, about in the early fifties. Okay. Here's something, Dennis. I've had children oh, since shut, then. Shut, so, shut up. Let me let me get a point out. Go on. Carry on. We've both used the same toilet in Japan. Did we? Yeah, I've used that toilet. Have you? Yeah, I've had a Jimmy Riddle there. Uh, did, it go, did it glow blue? No, it didn't, it didn't go blue, Dennis. It didn't go blue. That's brought me to another thought. Yeah, go on. There are two kinds of couples in this world. Um, well, there are three. Four? No, two. What? It's very simple. Oh. Them as do and them as don't. Oh, uh, we, we don't. No. I think you need some private time. No way. I no, would I never... I don't like it. No. So if the door is shut... I'm having some alone time. Yeah. I don't get couples who carry on the conversation. Oh, one's in the bath, one's on the toilet. That is just disgusting. You know. Kelly's smirking, which makes me think that <laughs> Kelly's one of them couples. She is. She's them as do. Oh, Kelly. Maybe it's a generational thing because you've it been was ruined. It accident. I walked in at the wrong time. And you thought it might as well just carry on. Yeah. I think it's a generational thing. You've been ruined by frexting, social media, Twitter, Facebook. There's no privacy in your life. We come from a different generation when we only had three channels. I have my privacy. I just couldn't... Oh, he'll, he'll come in on you? No. No, you'll go in on him? Yeah, but it was an accident. Can oh. I just say, this, this week the show really has sunk below the waist... And I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to, to raise it above the, uh, the belt line uh, and, and struggling miserably. You're doing that. I'm doing my best. Oh. Yeah, I'm doing my best. To, to, Weren't you just talking about toilets with Dennis? Well, just uh, checking. Yeah, OK. You, you, you know, we need, uh, we, we need to lighten the mood. So. Hang on a second. Let's just, let's just cleanse our palates, shall we? Thank you. Keep, just keep quiet for a second. Just, just, just cleanse our souls, our spirits, our ears. We've reset the clock, so let's have a classy show now. We've introduced class into the show. OK, so here's your phone in. Yeah. Two in the loo, yes or no? Oh, for me. It's not... Li- li- listen, we, we, can, we, we can do that if you want, but I do think it's a little bit... Uh, no, I think it t- says a lot about your relationship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can have so much of a good thing and enough of a bad thing and you should not be going to the toilet in the same room. Ah... <sighs> 
Hey, good news, guys. Mm. Uh, Prince Harry is back with Cressida Boners. Bet they do. Prince Harry is back with former lover Cressida Boners. <laughs> the 30-year-old below... Are you crying, Kelly, because it means there's no chance for you now? Yeah. He's got boners. The 30-year-old was seen on a secret date with the aristocratic beauty 25 this week. Is she, she the one that still takes her clothes off for a living? Uh, aristocratic. She had ended their two-year relationship in, in April. A royal source said, a.k.a. we made this up. It's early days, but Harry's over the moon. Full story, page five. Well, let's go to page five and let's see what's happening. Harry and Cressy's sex tape secret. Oh. Brackets. That's movie they saw on date. Hang on, that doesn't make sense. Harry and Cressy's sex tape secret. Bracket. That's movie. Oh, that's movie they saw on date. That, that is movie they saw on date. Does that make sense? That is movie they saw on date. That makes no sense. Harry and Cressy's sex tape secret. What's Cressy short for? Cressida Boners. No. <laughs> Harry and Cressy. Is that all one word? Harry, and, it's her name. Harry and Cressy's sex tape secret. That's movie they saw on date. That doesn't oh make, no. no, sex tape is a yeah, movie. Yeah, but that's movie they saw on date. Is that English? Someone's missed out other. Prince Harry secretly took Cressida Boners to see comedy film sex tape. The sun can reveal. The exes enjoyed a night at the flicks, suggesting the pair have rekindled their love five months after she ended it. Harry, 30, has reportedly been pining for Cressida Bonus, 25, since their split. Uh, has he? A royal source said he realises she's the one for him. He looked quite happy on Sunday when I saw him. So Prince Harry spotted with boners in a cinema. Well, that's great news for them. I think that's wonderful. I think that's wonderful. Front page story? Ah, I'm not so sure. The other front page story on The Sun, tiny, tiny little story next to the big story of Prince Harry and Cressida Boners. It's that hostage, Alan Hennings, who's been uh, who's, who's in Iraq. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Which of those would you say was a slightly more important story? Definitely the second one. I would think so. I would think so. The new story coming out of that is that his family and friends have tried to pay the ransom, but ISIS aren't interested. Oh, well, in that case, I think we know how that story's going to end. Isn't that sad? How awful. Isn't that sad? Uh, the other story in the paper that we were talking about earlier on, uh, and I would like your thoughts on this, Cheeky Burger. PC blocks disabled bay to grab his McDonald's. A peckish policeman blocked a disabled parking bay and left his car on yellow lines to get a McDonald's lunch. I say good for him. I genuinely think police officers, they do, um, they get rubbish pay... They do a cracking job. They're protecting us constantly, right? They should be allowed to park in a disabled bay for a few minutes. I'm not saying they park there for an hour while they go and, you know, they go and get Q magazine from Smith's or something. But they should be allowed well, to that's park... that's logical extension no, of your argument. No, it isn't, Catherine. Of course it isn't. It's ridiculous for you to, to, to push it like that. If they want to go and get their lunch, they shouldn't be wasting time driving around for a parking spot. They should be able to park in a disabled bay for five, ten minutes. They go and get their McDonald's, which apparently they get free. If anyone can back us up on that, uh, they should be allowed to do it. Which again shouldn't happen. They should be getting free salads. No, no, I'm not having that. Listen, first of all, do the police get free McDonald's? And secondly, how could anyone argue against the police parking for five, ten minutes in a disabled bay? Like this. They shouldn't do it. No, but th that's not I an argument, mind. Catherine. Listen, if that is the closest space and there is a bank raid going on, yeah, whack it in there. But if it's just 
to feel your face. I'm sorry, I don't understand Look, the justification. It's not just this. I'm genuinely getting angry now. It's not just to fill their face. They're doing a really important job. Do you want them to waste half an hour driving around trying to find somewhere they can park? No, of course you don't. Let them park there, nip in, get their food, and get back out again. That bish bash bosh. No one's hurt. Why don't they just go through the drive-through? Yeah. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1 heading southbound. It's partially blocked at the moment between Junction 11 of Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Um, this is all due to a broken down van there. Having a look at the A41, we're just getting in that the delays have now cleared and the roads reopened. That was after an accident between the Hemel Hempstead Turnoff and London Road. On the M11, long delays at the moment heading southbound between Junction 7 for Harlow and Junction 6 for the M25 following an accident there. And in Elstree, the A41 Edgware Way is partially blocked just at Junction 4 for the M1 following an accident. On the train, seeing delays on Thameslink between Bedford and East Croydon. That's due to an earlier signal failure there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 7.47. It's Thursday, the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign, which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans, following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. 08459 Double five, five, double five. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, still a foggy uh, start to the day. That does gradually clear, though, so certainly brighter by this afternoon. Not necessarily sunshine for everybody, although some spots will be very sunny. However, there will be some areas holding on to a bit more cloud, but it's certainly going to be a warm day with highs of 24 degrees Celsius. Now, there are a few showers to the south of us. It may be that one or two of those sneak up, but I think most, most will have a dry day. And tonight, it clouds over probably more in the way of showers in the early hours of the morning and they could be fairly heavy perhaps even thundery uh, more of that fog and low cloud developing feeling quite humid really with lows between 15 and 17 degrees celsius a bit of a grey old day tomorrow not much sunshine around a couple of those heavy thundery showers but they are fairly scattered and feeling increasingly humid with highs of 22 degrees celsius so the uh, temperatures do start to dip after today saturday fewer showers around in fact most will have a, a dry but cloudy day still feeling quite humid but we've got some fresher cooler air coming in on Sunday it will be brighter by the afternoon it's going to have a very different feel to the day and a similar day after a misty start on Monday that's your latest forecast I'm Greg Wallace I'm a judge on MasterChef I'm Judy Murray I'm a tennis coach and I'm also mum to Andy and Jamie a quiet weekend for me is I like to walk along the beach. Go for lunch with my friends. And just read a book. Watch the television or a movie. I'm not averse to the odd sparkle. Long dresses and sequins, absolutely love it. Buzzing with excitement and it's wonderful. In front of millions of people. You wouldn't believe the shirts they've got. They will throw me around. I'm really looking forward to that part of it. I shake my bum in a particularly pert fashion. 
Weekends are made for dancing. Strictly Come Dancing begins Friday the 26th of September on BBC One and BBC One HD. Or you could listen to BBC Introducing on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock on uh, this here radio station. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. You want to know what's happening? Yeah, go on. Um, have you ever heard of the band called Lower Than Atlantis? Toads, just man! Yes, just say yes, thank you. They're from Watford. They're doing quite well. We've got a uh, Lower Than Atlantis special e. here exclusive recording. And Atlantis, as we know, is, is famously very, very low. Very it's low. at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, they're lower. Here's a question. What's underneath the bottom of the sea? Lower than Atlantis. No, but seriously, that's a good question. I mean, we could, the sea, well, and we will get back to BBC Introducing in a second, I promise you, because I, I, it does strike me odd that we introduced, we, we advertise television programmes on the radio station. Anyway, one big family, BBC. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. You, you, anyway, but because the sea, the bottom of the sea, is the great mystery that what? no one knows what's there. Sorry. Underneath is the Earth's crust. Then there's some boiling hot magma. That's what you think. How do you know that? Would it be space? Science. That's how I know it. Right. Hang on a minute. Both of you just said ridiculous things. Where to start? Um, with the blonde one. Kelly, no, it would not be space. How Inner you know? space, you could argue. How That's do you know? a film with Martin Short. How do you know? Because space is up. In the air. How do you know it's not all around? Oh, for goodness sakes. The we thing know is, more about space than we know about the bottom of the sea. That's what I'm trying to say. Imagine all the dead fish that are at the bottom of the sea. No, they float. They'll be... No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't float. They're fish sea. Never had a goldfish. Bob. I did have one called Bob, actually. <laughs> so did we. Um, no, but that there are creatures at the bottom of the sea that mankind does not even know about. Anyway, tell us about this band from Watford. Yeah, they're good. Excellent stuff. Saturday night, 8 o'clock. BBC Three Counties Radio. Jane Janelsbury. Morning, Jane. Morning, Ian. What you got for us? Right. Are you um, looking forward to BBC introducing? Absolutely. Yeah? Wh- wh- who's your, wh- your favourite local unsigned band? Oh, um... the one you've just mentioned. Yeah, the, the um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Yeah, they're one. good. <laughs> and um, just, just remind me, Jane, I'm, I'm so old these days, remind me who presents BBC Introducing on a Saturday night, 8 o'clock, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Ooh. I can't remember. Ah, have a guess. I have no idea. Get, guess <laughs> a name. Um, Roberto. Yeah, Roberto hosts it. Is it? It is. Roberto <laughs> hosts BBC Introducing along with Gary Floyd, produced by Kelly Bett, Saturday evenings, 8 o'clock, BBC Three Counties Radio. I have to remember that one. No, you you remember that. Jane, what have you got for us? Right, the, the, the do's and don'ts in the bathroom. Sorry? The two, the... What are you on about? Um, somebody going to the toilet while someone's yeah. in the bar. We're calling it two in the loo, yes or no. Right, that one. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm, I'm really am trying to... This no, week no, we've no. just sunk Listen, to... Ian. Hello. Please. OK. Serious point. So, serious point here. Um, I have I, serious IBS. Oh, gosh. The old irritable right. bowel syndrome. Yes. yes not not yes. a pleasant condition at all. And the chances of me having to go to the toilet... Why my husband was either in the bath or in the shower. Yeah. Was, came up numerous times. High chance. High chance. High chance. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Also. Gosh. That, yeah. that must really, uh, that must really str- strain a relationship. <laughs> no, I bet. I bet. No, with IBS you don't strain. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I didn't mean that at all. It, mu- it must, um, it must, um, um, how can I phrase this? It must be hard on you and your husband. Well, it was my, yeah, yes. Uh, but he understood. He, 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 when we met, I told him. I'm going to be pulling a lot. Not all, not all the ins and outs, obviously. No, I, I, he, he saw that when he was in the shower. Ha, 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 ha. You're welcome. 
Right. Also, Ian. Yes. I used to collect leather bookmarks. Hey, leather bookmarks. You don't see them anymore. The little tassels at the end. Yes. Yeah, my mum used to have them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put them in a... You, you know the photograph albums that have a sticky pages? The self-adhesive ones? No. Yes, you do. I don't know the ones that have sticky pages. The ones I've got, yeah. they've got um, slots. I remember those. They had sort yeah. of sticky pages and then like a sort of um, cellophane that oh, went on. I don't remember those. My ones have got yeah. slots. Okay, yeah. go on. I've got two or three of those, four. Well, I don't know. Four of those? I don't yeah. know if four is a collection. No, she's got four of those books filled with them. Oh, with bookmarks. Filled with bookmarks? Yeah. Oh, no, that's nuts. <laughs> do, you, do, you never, do you never use them? Oh, no. Do you, do you read? Yeah. So you do you how do you mark your place in your book? Do I you... use a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so how many bookmarks you got, Jane? Um get getting on for about four hundred. Oh blimey, that must be worth So, so whenever you go nothing. somewhere you're itching for the souvenir shop. Yeah. What's your, what's your favourite one? Oh gosh, um... There's a fire. Your house is on fire, Jane. You can you've only got time to save one bookmark. Which one's it gonna be? Um, probably the, the one for, from the Isle of Wight, because I think that was one of the first ones I got. Yeah, special memories there. Yeah. Jane, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Good sport <laughs> as always. It's Jane in Ellsbury and her bookmark collection. I'm, I, as much as I hate it, I'm a page folder. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. A dog era. I used to have a very nice, a long time ago, five years, I was bought a very nice personalised silver bookmark. Beautiful. Lost it. I started using um, ticket stubs as bookmarks oh. and say so that when I would open up a book, I'd remember all the concerts that I went to during oh. while reading that book. Uh, but then I lost loads, so yeah. I just forgot about I just use it. an envelope, normally really? with, a, with a coffee ring on it, because I also use them as coasters. I mean, if we were another BBC local radio station, we would now be doing a phone-in as, as what do you use as a bookmark? <laughs> But instead we're doing two in the loop, yes uh, or no. I'd rather do the bookmark thing, <laughs> if I'm completely honest. It's a little bit classier, because it implies that our listeners might actually read something. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's, I tell you what, let's put it out there. You... Joy Bell on Twitter says, definitely not, I have three loos, so no need for that, thank goodness. Three loos? Mm. Oh, we've got three loos. What are we talking about? What's your name? Posh. Um, we're asking as well, what do kids play in the playground these days? Now, in my day, there was a bit of cowboys and Indians. There was a lot of Germans versus um, Brits, still in the 70s. We also had the A-team versus Mexicans. Why? So, I don't remember the Mexicans being a particular... Oh, the A-teams... The A-team were always fighting against Mexicans. Well, they, they were always fighting on behalf of Mexicans, but against badder Mexicans. Oh, right. Like bandits. Um, Kelly Joe says it's Autobots versus Decepticons, ah. but also still some baddie Germans versus goody allies. Yeah. Uh, and Carpet Martin says um, baddies is religious fundamentalists, IS, Westboro Baptist Church, etc., versus the Pokemon. I'm not sure how accurate that is. No. Uh, should we go to Tony? Tony? Hello, Ian. Morning, Tony. What you got for us? I'm Dave from Luton, really. <laughs> Stop winding him up. What? <laughs> what do you mean we don't want Dave from Luton? Never wind him up. Yeah, OK. <laughs> it is funny, though. It, tell me about it. Isn't it hilarious? <laughs> One day he'll realise and stop calling us again. <laughs> no, we love Dave. He's a good sport. What have you got for us, I Tony? Know. Um, bathrooms. Yeah. I haven't had a bath for about 15 or more years. Good for you. Beautiful. Now, I, have a sh- I have a shower. I wonder where you're going with that. 
because uh, uh, when you're sitting in the bath, you're sitting in your own dirty water. Here's, I just don't, and, here's the and thing, right? My, I had my first bath. I've been in my new house for about 18 months. I had my first bath in it last week. And I didn't enjoy it. I did, it was cramped. It was, my wife has a bath and then she has a shower. That's insane, isn't it? Well, yeah, but women, women and baths is a, is a common thing. They do like to soak, don't they? Women, women do like a good soak, don't they? <laughs> uh, Tony, I like to get in and get out, that's me. Yeah, hey, story of my life, Tony. Thank you very much. Kyle's on the line. Morning, Kyle. Hello. Hello, Kyle. How are you? Kyle. Kyle, get your, get your mum or your dad to turn the radio off. Huh? Yeah. Get whoever's there with you, get them to turn the radio off. They did. Good, good for you. Kyle, what can I do for you this morning? Um, nothing. What, 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 whereabouts are you, uh... Where, I just want to say hello. Hey, man, nice to talk to you. Hello. Hey, listen, well, travel and news can wait because you're infinitely more important than travel and news. Let, <laughs> uh, can I play a game with you, Kyle? I want to play a game. Yes. I'm going to guess how old you are. Okay. 23. No. 15. Huh? 46. No. 3. No. 12. No. All right, stop, stop, stop talking. Hang on. 16. Are you 16? How old are you? Shit. Oh, man, I was going to say six. That was going to be my first one as well. What are you doing, Carl? Why aren't you in school or work, for goodness sakes? Oh, thanks for calling, Kyle. Okay. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, heading southbound, rather slow moving at the moment, um, just between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road, following a broken down of vehicle there. Taking a look at the M11, long delays at the moment, heading southbound between Junction 7 for Harlow and Junction 6 for the M25. That's following an accident there. It's queuing on the A41, um, just between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and Junction 20 for the M25. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, listen, work it, girlfriend. Get you—you never know who's listening. It's true. Actually, I've seen the figures. Nobody. Never mind. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Police Commissioner rejects calls to resign, driver killed in Bedford crash, an explosives investigation continues in St Albans. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign, which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. Mr Martins told this programme he feels he retains the support of the public. I've paid very close attention to whether the people that I've got to work with, such as the Chief Constable, and whether the public have continued to have confidence in me because I have been open and apologetic about my error and because people accept that there was no ill intent. 
there hasn't had been too detrimental an impact on, on that level of public confidence. The man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. A second man who was a passenger in the car suffered serious injuries. Only one vehicle was involved. Police are appealing for witnesses. Police in Thailand say there's no evidence that two brothers from Jersey had anything to do with the murder of two British tourists. They had been questioned about the attack on David Miller and Hannah Withridge, whose bodies were found on Monday. An investigation is continuing following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in St Albans. A man remains in custody after police seized guns, hand grenades and artillery shells during the raid in Windmill Avenue. More from Lee Agnew. Residents were evacuated from nearby homes while bomb disposal experts used a controlled explosion to make the military artefacts safe. It's alleged that the 48-year-old man may have obtained them illegally at heritage or protected sites using a metal detector. Police say the unprecedented seizure includes grenades, rifles, mortar shells, ammunition and a large collection of wartime memorabilia which appears to have been dug up. The polls are open as Scotland decides whether or not to break away from the United Kingdom. Voting stops at 10 tonight. Counting will go on through the night. The results should be announced tomorrow morning. Councillors have described a new 24-hour public toilet in Bedford Town Centre as a stunning improvement. The new toilets in Lurk Street were unveiled this week as part of the Community Toilet Scheme. Councillor Charles Royden says they're also well aware of the need for safety. We've got a 24-hour camera which operates outside the toilets in the in the area as you approach them. So if someone goes into those toilets, they're monitored and we've got that all recorded. It's logged to our control room. We have staff who go and visit the toilets throughout the day and night. And the host of BBC One's Pointless, Alexander Armstrong, will be the new voice of Danger Mouse. The cartoon, which used to be voiced by Sir David Jason, returns to TV next year. In sport in the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich. Chelsea were held one all at home by the German side Schalke. The weather, a misty and cloudy start with brighter spells later, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine The JVS Show With me David Prever where you can join in the big phone-in and have your consumer problems tackled from 12 Nick Coffer With Anne Widdicombe talking about her new novel in which many of the characters bear a not at all subtle resemblance to some of your favourites from Strictly Come Dancing from 3 Roberto Peroni the best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points from seven mark forrest i'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on bbc local radio today on bbc three counties radio it's a busy day and it's a busy show lots to talk about this morning Latest on the uh, Bedfordshire PCC, Ollie Martins. The latest on the new loo in Bedford. The latest on the bomb man in St Albans. Don't panic, he just collects them. Don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. And also, a police officer should be able to park wherever they want. If a copper wants to park in a disabled bay for five, ten minutes to get some lunch, well, then what's the problem with that? 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, the family of a looter man who died in police custody are furious there'll be no further action against Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner, who's admitted discussing the case outside work. A formal complaint was made after it emerged that Ollie Martins had uh, disclosed sensitive information about Leon Briggs to his partner. But after investigating the matter, the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. Well, the former chair of Bedfordshire Police Authority is Peter Conniff and joins me now. Uh, Peter, what Ollie Martins did was, was wrong, plain and simple, wasn't it? Obviously, yes, it was wrong and he's owned up to that and he realises he's done something wrong and uh, he's owned up to it in the process of Laura's taking its place. How important is it, uh, as a PCC, not to divulge confidential information? It's absolutely central that you don't do that. I was chairman of the police authority for eight years, and during that time I was privy to a lot of confidential information, and I knew that that was confidential and shouldn't be released to anybody. And that's the thing, isn't it? Sorry sorry to interrupt you. I don't know your personal situation, but it must be... um, When we finish work, we like to go home and talk to our wives or our boyfriends or our families or whatever and, and say, oh, this happened at work. But I'm guessing, as a copper, someone working in the police, there is simply some stuff that you can't share with your family. Absolutely right, and um, there are things, as I've just said, that do come your way if you're in the position that he's in, and I was in a similar position to that before he was elected. Um, And it is right that you just have to, you know, button your lip and don't talk about it anywhere other than at work. Was there anything you ever let slip at at, at home to your family or or in the pub over a pint after work? I'm unaware if there was, uh, perhaps after all those years, um, or during all those years, then was the odd thing, but I certainly don't remember anything, because I didn't know how important it was to remain confidential. Uh, Someone in Mr Martin's position is supposed to hold the Chief Constable to account. There are some people who who are arguing that he is discredited now. Well, I mean, that would be their opinion. Everybody would have their own opinion about that. All I can say is he has made an error. He realises that he has. Um, it's been decided no further action will be taken against him and he will continue in his job as far as I know. Should he have resigned, do you think? I think that's a very personal um, thing for him to decide. I wouldn't like to comment on that. Uh, the PCCs have been getting a, a bit of a rough ride recently. There was the, the chap in Rotherham who's only just stood down several weeks after the uh, that horrific abuse scandal. There was the, the low turnout uh, at an election recently in Birmingham. Um, this situation with Ollie Martins. Nick Clegg coming out and saying, look, it was an experiment and it hasn't worked. Uh, should PCCs be scrapped? Uh, in my view, yes, they should. In my view, along with all the other... Um, police authority members 18 months ago whenever it was first brought in nobody that I ever spoke to agreed that the position of a um, police and crime commissioner would adequately take the place of the then existing police authorities one person taking the role just across uh, say just in Bedfordshire on the police authority we had 17 members who came from all over Bedfordshire and they had much better links with the local communities so I think the um, bringing in PCCs hasn't worked and I'll be surprised if it's still here in a few years' time. Peter, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Former Chair of Bedfordshire Police Authority, Peter Conniff. It will be interesting to watch what happens with uh, PCCs. Kind of the eyes off the ball a little bit with, um, hey, there's something going on north of the border. But um, uh, it, uh, it, it, it would appear... 
The argument is that it's an experiment that has failed, that isn't working. Um, and I'd be wondering if if it does sustain itself. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. Should have asked Peter, shouldn't I? Should have asked Peter about this uh, this cheeky burger. Sorry. PC blocks disabled bay to grab his uh, to grab his McDonald's. A peckish policeman blocked a disabled parking bay and left his car on yellow lines to get a McDonald's lunch. Now this is written as though it's some shocking, horrific, you know, terrible thing. Gentleman who has um, uh, uh, spine and heart problems took a picture of the officer returning with his grub and posted on Wiltshire Police's public Facebook. I genuinely don't see a problem with this. I don't see... You do, don't you, Kath? Yeah. This annoys you. I do. I just think that disabled spaces should be left for the disabled. Full stop. No no blurred lines, as Robin Thicke would have us The talk. blurred blue line. I don't see a problem with it because... No, not if you're calling in for a burger. He's not popping in to go and take something back to Gap. You know, he's he's not. He might have on the way. You don't know. No, he, no, you do know. I think you do know. He's gone in. He's got a burger. He's he's working really hard. He's saving lives, uh, and he's gone and got himself a, a cheeky little um, um, happy meal. What, okay, what's the problem? Okay, so there's no parking spaces anywhere else. Well, probably not. No, it's supposed to be also upholding public decency. Yep. So don't exactly. park in the disabled so, space. So let him have five minutes break where he goes and gets some food and he drives off and goes and eats it somewhere. He's yeah. not going to sit there eating it. I know there probably were no other parking spaces, otherwise I'm sure he would have done it. Real life for the police. Yeah, real life for the police. Give him a break. Well, what about the disabled person who's waiting for the space? Wait. They could do the break. Do you know what? I've done this as a phone-in before, OK? But I, my attitude as I get older changes. It's worse, yeah. No, not worse. It's more realistic. It's not that kind of sixth form, hey guys, let's get rid of nuclear power nonsense that you, you're still spouting into your mid to late 40s. I think, I can hear your stomach by the way, I think... Yeah, we're going to park in a disabled space because, hey, I'm important. You're not though, you're just a producer on a Tim Pot radio show. I'm just a presenter of a Tim Pot radio show. What this guy does is important. I think we are far too sensitive about disabled parking bays. It's that episode of Seinfeld, isn't it, where George parks in a disabled parking bay and he come back, comes back and there's like a mob of 100 people with flaming torches and they turn his car over. We're far too sensitive about it. Why are you looking at me like that for? Wow. Oh, wow, I'm getting the silent treatment. That's how I do it. It's interesting. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Come on, man. What you got for us, boss? Well, I just think that it should now be redefined uh, for anybody going for a PCC. Oh yeah. The candidate's yeah. role should be redefined, having past experiences we witnessed uh, over the past eighteen months. Um, so, how would you, you know, redefine the PCC's role then? Well, first, to qualify as a candidate, you must not belong to a political party. For, um, at least a year. Well, this was the this was the thing. I remember when we had all the, the, the prospective candidates coming in, and after they'd been elected, it, we were told this was not a political. This was non-political. Now, only the big, only the main parties could afford to put up candidates. So there were some noble independents who I don't think got anywhere. There may have been one or two, but we were told this was a non-political position. But referring to Mr. Martins, he is a member of the Labour Party. He was uh, his membership was suspended while this investigation was ongoing he's been welcomed back in uh, uh, and he did i seem to remember refer to himself as a politician that's right i heard him say he, was he a did politician. didn't he 
He did. And we've got no trust in politicians. Why would we trust the PCC that belongs to a political party? We want someone in there that actually is on the ground, that knows what the public want. But all we've got is someone or some people that are in the PCC role of pushing a political agenda of their own. But that's always going to be the case. Even if they're not allowed party membership, they are going to have um, a political leaning, aren't they? You're not going to get any genuinely 100% independent, non-political people getting involved. I don't don't believe that. I mean, if you're going to be a PCC and you and you bar those that are members of parties, you're probably going to get a wider array of people that know what the public want. I mean, he's Sonny Martins, he loves the PCSOs because his party introduced them in their term of office. But David, fair play, David Lloyd, um, uh, PCC uh, for Hertfordshire, who is a, is a Conservative, he likes PCSOs as well because they yeah, save him money. They save him money, exactly. It's not about what the public want, though. Public, the public is to your friends and family. They want PCs on the ground. They want PCs to be supported. So if you were going to get rid of the PCSOs, either promote them or get rid of them altogether. But these PCCs are incapable of making the decisions that we want them to. Pat, final question. It's slightly connected, but a slight tangent. Should coppers be allowed to park in disabled parking bays to get their lunch? Well, I actually believe that I've seen police an indicate or... Uh, put the rules of the, on the road themselves. They don't set an example themselves when they're driving, so, um, no. Pat, thank you very much indeed. I am starting to have some decent conversations with Pat. He's learning how to do this. Thank you, Pat. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A41, a standing way in both directions between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1 at Bedford. Um, having a look at the M1 itself, rather slow moving between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 10 at Fluton Airport Spur Road. That's due to a broken down vehicle there. Also heavy on the M1 London bound, just around Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's queuing at the moment on the M11 heading southbound between Junction 8 for Bishop Storford and Junction 7 for Harlow. That's following an accident. And the M25 heading anti very slow on the speed sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 16 for the M40. On the trains, delays at the moment on Thameslink between Bedford and St Pancras International. This is following an earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.16, it is Thursday the 18th of September, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. and We love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. David Previs here. Hello there. You right, boss? Yes, I'm okay. Thank you very much. It's nearly the freaking weekend. Is baby. it? Yeah. It's Thursday. Thursday today. It's miserable out there, though, isn't it? It's foggy. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit overcast today. It's winter. Welcome to winter. It's yeah, but it's not. It's 77 yeah. degrees. It's midsummer in mid-September. It's oh, confusing. Gosh. Wow. What's going on? What have you got sitting in for JVS today? At uh, nine, it's the big phone in. What can we do to stop so many people in this country getting fat? Oh. The chief executive of NHS England has warned that uh, obesity is going to bankrupt the health service. That's what he says. We won't have a health service anymore. And he's come up with some ideas. He wants bosses to provide financial incentives to staff to lose weight. Uh, And he thinks local councils should have Devo Max power to limit fast food outlets ban supersized meals, ban fizzy drinks in the way that uh, Mayor Bloomberg did in New York. Yeah, yeah. So you might be able to buy pop in Luton, but you might not be able to buy a fizzy drink in Bedford. Gosh. Crazy, huh? So this is the question. What do you make of his plan? What can we do to stop so many people in this country putting on weight? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. People of Bedford, good news for you. Your town is one of the best places to have a Jimmy Riddle. The new public loos in Lurk Street will be open 24 hours a day, which in the days when you'd be lucky to find a convenience that hasn't been boarded up is not to be sniffed at. These lucky gentlemen popped in to spend a penny, only to be cornered by the rather intimidating figure of Justin Dealey, who had his microphone out. So, Ruben, we're just going to walk inside the toilet here. Look at this, the blue lights. You must be impressed by that, surely. Nah, it looks a bit like a nightclub, do not it? Well, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Nah. All right, OK, there's a camera up there. Uh, as we walk around here, we've got a, a disabled toilet, and we've got a, a cubicle uh, that can be used by men and women with a lock on it. Let's just walk inside here. It's all shiny, it's all new. Come on, as a local, you've got to be impressed by this. Nah, it's nothing special. This looks cheap to me. Looks cheap? Yeah. Should we check out the flush? Yeah, all right. OK, here we go. I'll probably score that as probably what? Eight out of ten? What about you? Yeah, same as probably. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, at least we've ground something. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for that. What about you, sir, as um, as a local standing inside the uh, the toilet with me? How do you uh, how do you rate the smell here? It seems to be quite fresh, doesn't it? Yeah, very very fresh, yeah. It's looking good. It's brand new. So so you were very impressed by the surroundings? Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about the lighting over here? If we just move out of the cubicle for a second, we can see the blue lighting here with the camera. I, I can see a bit of chic there, but also a bit of safety mixed in as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just lastly, out of ten, how would you describe these toilets out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, how would you score them out of ten? Nine. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. No, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, ten. Yeah. A ten now? Yeah. Nice to meet you in unusual circumstances. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's Pete who's just uh, come out of the toilet. Pete, how would you uh, how would you rate the experience in there? Very good, actually. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, it's 
clean, tight, it's just been refurbished. It's really nice. So you feel quite good about it? There's a, there's a feel good factor about this toilet? Oh yeah, 100%. As I say, it's new. So. <laughs> Let's keep it that way, new and fresh. Yeah, as long as you don't get vandalised, they'll be all right, yeah. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Neil, for the toilet feedback. No worries. Well, one gentleman I'm sure is delighted uh, about the number of gentlemen's is Raymond Martin, director of the BTA, the British Toilet Association, Raymond. Good morning, Ian. Yes, indeed I am. Thank you very much for joining us. I know we've uh, we've caught you at short notice. You're at Luton (laughs) Airport. Have you used the loos there? Uh, I haven't been into Luton Airport yet. I came down last evening from Birmingham for a big show in Birmingham and a previous one in Manchester. Oh. I'm heading to Luton Airport, so I'll get a chance to have a look at those in a few moments. OK. <laughs> this is unusual, isn't it, of, of Bedford to do this, because the public loos are being closed all over the shop. It's really like, quite remarkable and very forward-thinking of Bedford to do this. Yeah, the, the government doesn't give any funding to councils to provide public toilets, so right across the country we're finding councils are just being forced to close as many or if not all their public toilets uh, you know, in an area. But lots of people in Bedford are probably one of those councils, forward-thinking councils that understand People need toilets. It's about health. It's about well-being, and it's about equality and social inclusion. You must provide if you want your people to come out and shop and move around the borough and move around the, the, the city. Then you must provide some public toilets. It's it's just a basic necessity. Public toilets do get a bad name, don't they? Because they they uh, I mean, this is a brand new facility, but they are often run down, uh, and they are often the home of drug users and um, people up to other naughty things, aren't they? It's really, it is quite, you know, in the days gone by when we we could afford the attendance and we had nice attendants in there who kept an eye on everything and washed everything down and would have shooed away any sort of um, miscreants or, or vandals or whatever, uh, that, those, were, those were our halcyon days. But now, you know, toilets are left unattended, they're open in the morning at seven in the morning and the public expect them to be there at eight and nine o'clock at night. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, antisocial activity just happens to take place in, the, in these places and um, there, we do, there are some uh, ways that you can stop it, and there are some ways you can cut it down, but it's very difficult to, to deal with. And you, not only unusual for a new toilet to be open, but this is 24 hours. I, I, I'm surprised by that. Well, not really. I mean, around the country, these, these type of toilets are popping up oh. all around the country. Um, because uh, they, they deal with the nighttime economy. So, you know, when, uh, people coming out of pubs and clubs and nightclubs, it actually costs the, the council an awful lot of money uh, with street urination and people who just forget to go to the toilet before they come out of the clubs at midnight and one o'clock in the morning and they have to stand and oh. wait for maybe an hour for a taxi or whatever. And when we find both boys and girls, oh. no, no real division between them, Dear. going, to, going you know, filing the streets. So, so it's easier and, and much, much more clever to put up a, a 24-hour toilet that can serve a purpose. Um, I, I've got to ask, Raymond, what, do, what does the, the British Toilet Association do? We, we obviously are, are lobbying government and we're campaigning to try and get the government to put a lot of money into councils to, to, to make this provision available right across the country and stop all the closures. But we work out with a, a lot of uh, commercial organisations, uh, the big supermarkets, the, the, the fast food retail chains, uh, pubs and clubs, uh, but, and maybe even holiday centres around the country. And we look at the provision, but we particularly look at the provision from the point of view of elderly people, because older people have to go out and about, and then they struggle to use some of these facilities, or disabled people, profoundly handicapped people, mothers with babies who have to get pushchairs and wheelchairs in, because quite often it's dead easy to build a toilet, but... You have to get the dimensions correct, you have to get the handrails correct, you have to get the lighting correct. Oh, some, listen, I've got two young boys who often get caught short, and they're not, they're not in nappies anymore, but man alive, some of the uh, the, the parent and, and uh, baby facilities I've been in are flipping awful, aren't they? Oh, well, it, it, 
you can build anything, you can make anything in, but you know, you have to manage it. If you have to look after it, and you have to make sure it's clean regularly, and they're using the right chemicals and all those bits and pieces. And that, unfortunately, because there's very little money, mm. and but people don't think about the toilets, they build them and they're brand new, and they're all like the ones your, your colleague talked about this morning. But it's now up to Bedford, it's now up to all the other councils to make sure that they're clean properly and they're kept open and they're kept managed. Uh, and, and finally, Raymond, why are you so into toilets? What got you into toilets? Um, well, unfortunately, my wife died in childbirth 29 years ago, and then that left me with two girls. And uh, a man, 29, 30 years ago, there were no baby change beds in, in male toilets. Uh, I couldn't really go into the female toilets, so going to the toilet was a, was a, was a major uh, major issue. Yeah. So the first five or six years of my life, every time I heard, Daddy, I need to go to the toilet, it became a major problem going out and shopping and going yeah. to the beach or wherever it was. And uh, it, it just grew and grew with me. And when, when uh, the founder of the BTA came along and said, I've got a mission to change this and I want more toilets and better toilets and cleaner toilets and open 24 hours, I thought, yep, that sounds like a good idea to me. Well, Raymond, listen, I, I, what an incredible story to, to, to finish off on. Well, well done for the good work and thanks very much for joining us at short notice. Ian, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate Raymond, it. Raymond, Raymond Martin, Director of the British Toilet Association. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What an incredible story. You missed that, Catherine, because you were you're, uh, working. Uh, the, the, the Raymond, the, he's, he's into toilets because his wife died in childbirth. He's left with two young daughters. Yeah. And 30 years ago, 29 years ago, there was nowhere that a dad no. could take... Ki- take little girls or kids to the toilet. It was all mother and, and child. My dad used to dress me up as a boy. <laughs> what? To go yeah, to the loo? yeah. That's not weird, is no, it? If my dad was taking me out for the day, he'd put me in like a blue, um, you know. Yeah. Like dungarees make me look as le- less okay. like a little girl as possible because he would get funny looks if he was taking, you know, and what are you supposed to do if you're taking your kids is out it? and you've got daughters? I've been struck by Raymond there because you kind of think, ho, 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 ho. And then you hear why. He's, he's, you know, he's been campaigning this long and actually, oh yeah, right, fair play. That's a really, really good point. And what a top man. What a top bloke. Raymond, thank you very much indeed. Speaking of top blokes, we'll speak to Justin. Oh, by the way, Dave, Justin, Justin is live in the toilets. Shall we see, shall we go to him now and see where he is? Poor old Justin, you send him to the toilet. Yep. Why didn't you go out on a job oh, I've got a bad, in the tour toilet? I've got a bad no, 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 no. Justin, you're, you're in the no. toilets, Justin. Where are you? I'm now in the urinal section. OK, we'll come back to you a bit later on. Oh, oh you've got ringing in the ears, I, I, you told us today. I've got tinnitus, yes. Yeah, Partly yeah. because some Muppets phone up and their voices irritate well, my ears. Well, yesterday, yesterday, it was you caught your thumb. The day before, it was a headache. Yeah. What, what's tomorrow? Can you tell us now? Because we'll, we will have yeah, a laugh. I'm going to have a sore fist from punching you in the face. No, no. You're going to have to ring in both ears because I'll come down there and punch yeah. you in both yeah, ears. I'm going to have a sore toe for kicking you in the ghoulies. Yeah, really? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Ian. Yes, Kelly. How's your hypochondria? <laughs> oh, put it away. <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Dave. Shush, shush, shush. Kelly, what did you ask me? Hey, Ian, how's your hypochondria? Yeah, it's really bad at the moment. I think it might be fatal. Oh, my God, not something else. Dear Oprah, and, um, oh, thanks for that man, Tony, who came on this morning, that you love me. You don't love... You You all love me. Yeah, love Luton, isn't it? Hello? <laughs> You're yeah, going to get out here. I'm listening to the rubbish... I didn't realise the Love Luton campaign was about Dave. It's all Dave from Luton, yeah. Oh. Yeah, see? Oh. Oh. Yes, it is yeah, weird don't... that 
Don't you two start. And by the way, excuse me, excuse me, I'm on the phone, okay? Shelley? Oh, they're gone again. Um, if McDonald had a sparking space for the police and I pulled in, what would happen? So the police have got to keep out of disabled bays. Thank you, Tony, for this morning. Nice compliment. And Nikki and Matt, all right. Hello. Oh, here we go again. Those three down there, well, they want sacking. Is the governor listening to the Free Counties Radio? Yeah, sack them. So rude. Interrupting Dave, like Dave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on. Do, 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 do. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off in Milton Keynes, seeing delays at the moment on Standing Way between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1. Uh, the M1 itself very slow moving between Junction 11 Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. And in Luton, we're getting reports in of it being very slow at the moment um, on Shoreland Road, um, heading southbound between Luton and Dunstable Road. And the A1M looking heavy as well between Junction 8 for Stevenage and Junction 7 on camera. And taking looks so far at the M25 very slow between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 16, the M40. In Elstree, the A41 Edgware Way is partially blocked because of an accident, just at Junction 4 for the M1. And on the trains, there's disruption on Thameslink between Bedford and East Croydon. That's all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign which have been made by the family of a Luton man who died in police custody. Ollie Martin's admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30 and a police investigation is continuing in St Albans following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Champions League, Manchester City conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 away to Bayern Munich. Here's goalkeeper Joe Hart. Yeah, I had a bit to do tonight, but um, I thought we defended well on a whole and we had a few chances. You know, we could have had the perfect performance and nicked a 1-0 win. Unfortunately, we've come away with the loss. We did OK. You know, we, we looked like we were going to get a result out of it, which would have been good start of the group. Away, obviously, at a good side in, in our group but you know, it was unfortunate deflection and it's ended up going in and killed us and Chelsea were held one all at home by the German side Schalke despite taking an early lead through Cesc Fabregas tonight in the Europa League Tottenham are away to Partizan Belgrade Everton host Wolfsburg Watford are down to third in the championship after Nottingham Forest went top with a 5-3 win over Fulham former Watford striker Britta Sombolonga scored a hat-trick for Forest meanwhile Watford have confirmed that head coach Oscar Garcia remains in hospital undergoing tests 
shifts after being admitted on Sunday with chest pains. The Milton Keynes Dons chairman Pete Winkleman says he would consider stepping down if the club failed to achieve Premier League football. Winkleman told BBC Look East that Premier League football had to be a realistic dream. As long as I can believe that we are making a difference, then I'd like to stay and try and see the thing through. But I'm very conscious that Milton Keynes does need a Premiership football team. And if in a few years' time I'm still not able to get out of the divisions that we're in, if I'm not able to have a dream of the Premier League, a realistic dream of that, that people in Milton Keynes can believe in, then maybe that'll be the time when, when I can't go on. And a yes vote likely to end hundreds of years of tradition in Scotland today. In golf, the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St Andrews is expected to admit women for the first time in its 260-year history. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. What are we talking about? Well, should police officers be allowed to park in disabled parking bays to go and get their lunch? It seems obvious to me. They're not not just doing a normal job. They're doing something very, very special. Of course they should. I do think in this country we are a little bit too sensitive about the disabled parking bay and I think that there perhaps should be some exceptions the police getting their lunch is an obvious one 08459 455 555 what else have we talked oh public loos we seem to be having a, a, a jolly old time discussing the fours and agains the public uh, loo after a new 24 hour loo has opened in Bedford uh, and the role of the PCC are the police and crime commissioners, has their day come? Is it time now to go, well, that didn't work. It was worth a punt, but the punt didn't pay off. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can also email ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. We were uh, talking about collections and uh, Catherine mentioned her shoes. Well, April says, I can beat Catherine. And I don't collect shoes. Upstairs, for best, five pairs of shoes, four pairs of boots. Downstairs, every day, six pairs of shoes, five pairs of boots. The car, two pairs of shoes, one pair of ankle boots. Work, one pair of shoes, one pair of ankle boots. Motorcycle, two pairs of boots. Outdoors, two pairs of boots. And slippers and driving slip. Why would anyone need that many shoes? I mean, I think I'm bad having, I think it's five pairs of shoes. Got a pair of boots, pair of posh uh, black, pair of posh brown. Some really old trainers I use in the garden and some cons and a pair of slippers. So I don't think you can technically count those. 08459 555 is the uh, telephone number, should you wish uh, to give us a call. And that, I, I think it's men, isn't it? Men collect things and collect dates. I've got um, uh, one of my favourite Beatles books. And I get it out every couple of years and reread it. Basically, it's a list of dates. And it's a list of the... It's a breakdown of the Let It Be recording sessions. Wow. Uh, and it just lists... They played 30 seconds of Leave My Kitten Alone. They played 45 seconds of uh, um, uh, One After the 909 with three full starts. And I love reading it. It makes me feel... Makes me feel like I'm in a big blanket. So make you feel like they've consulted you about what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me feel important. I like facts and I like data. Women do collect certain things, though, and as we've heard, uh, bookmarks was a, was a big one. Bookmarks though. is the big one. Here's another one. Liz in Hitchin on the text. I have 150 egg cups. It was going to be teapots, but they take up too much room. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. You thimbles. Can't... You remember when mums collected thimbles? Thimbles. You can't base a collection on. You either believe in what you're collecting, or you're collecting something to fill a cupboard, to fill a glass case. Mm. 
surely you should be drawn. Women collect things like um, ceramic frogs. No, no, no. What happens with that is your kid buys you a frog. Then they buy you another frog. Then people see the two frogs together and they think you're into frogs. And then every time there's a present op- uh, opportunity, you get a frog. My uh, mum collects Buddhas. Does she, though? Yes, she does, actually. She likes a good Buddha. Does she go out of her way to get the Buddha or is it other people buying the Buddha? She asks for Buddhas. And, and the boys like playing with her Buddhas. Okay. The boys love going around How playing. How many Buddhas she got? She had more. She's not, she, now the space is a little li- limited. <laughs> 30 Buddhas. Wow, that's a lot of Buddhas. Of varying sizes. She had more. We had to get rid of some of the Buddhas. Don't tell her. She didn't know. Are we talking the chubby or the... You know what Buddha is? Yeah, he's a chubby fella. Right, OK. No, but sometimes you get the more stylized ones with the... There's a bit of the stylized. He takes on different forms, doesn't yeah, he, Buddha? Sometimes he he's a lady. Sometimes he's a tree. So, you know, all different kinds of stuff. I don't but, quite get Buddha. But it's mainly the belly one. All I know from Buddha is from watching Monkey Magic. Exactly. That's it. And we all remember what happened to poor Buddha's finger. Yeah, he, he, he uh, graffitied yeah. on it and did a wee-wee. Yes. Anyway, Scoins joins us. Morning, Scoins. Morning, Ian. Uh, we have sent you out. There's a story in some of the papers. There was a big story here yesterday. Um, big story today. There is a gentleman in St Albans who has a huge collection of bombs. Don't panic. It's war memorabilia. He's got guns. He's got Nazi outfits. He's got swastikas. He has got grenades. He's got rockets. All kinds of things. He's in St Albans. We've dispatched you to St Albans, Scoins. What's the latest? Mm. Well, the latest is this, this very quiet residential street in St Albans is still a hive of police activity this morning. There's two uh, sort of uh, scene of crime tents. Uh, I think well, they're more gazebos, really. But uh, there's a number of uh, police vehicles outside. I've spoken to a police officer who said that the uh, the media spokesperson will be along a little later this morning. That's uh, uh, Detective Sergeant Pete Frost. He'll be here to tell us. But overnight, they've been uh, guarding the property. There are still a large number of uh, sort of war uh, artefacts some of which of course uh, as you mentioned are weapons Um, they've got the garage open this morning I'm just looking into it now there's a number of uniforms you can see it really is it was described yesterday as a museum and absolutely it is that but one man has been arrested uh, uh, alleged to have uh, obtained an artefact through illegal metal detecting of course that's a heritage crime Uh, so he's being investigated for that but uh, it is absolutely incredible I can just peer through. We'll get full description in a second, but are you saying that the the reason he's been arrested is not because he's got loads of machine guns and grenades and bombs, but because he dug something up on a field that he metal detected and kept it for himself? Yes, it's a, it's a criminal offence to, to retrieve an artefact from the ground using a metal detector if the land is protected. Paul? 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 Paul, I think we got you back. I am safe. Yes, yeah, that's, safe. I, I was worried for a second that maybe uh, something had, had triggered something and fallen off a desk. And I, I was, but you, you're okay. Can you just confirm there has been no explosion? Has there? There's been no explosion. Phew. Just, just, just this new technology fine. that everyone keeps banging on about uh, doesn't work. Uh, so that's great to know. Uh, so, so that, that, so uh, that, that was the thing he's been arrested for. What? Tell us what you can see in his garage. Right. 
Let me just uh, wander down from the car, then. I'm a bit freer now. Um, if I look through... Just go they, in there, Paul. What are they going to do, arrest you? go in there. Just yeah, walk in would, there. No, they would do that. Just walk they in there. Take um, on the terror squad like Dealey does. I can't. I haven't got the, I haven't got the bottle. I'm walking past uh, Bedford and Hertfordshire Protective Services. There's uh, a number of people. Of course, this is just a normal suburban street. People wandering on their way I, to I school. I see the picture that you've posted uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Well, uh, let me retweet that at Ian Lee, and you can see. Yes, it is. It's just. It's just, it's just like the street where my mum used to live. You know. It is, and and in fact, there's a very. This is very strange. There is. That is a shell. There's no doubt about that. That is a big shell, and uh, a number of military uniforms. I can't see, and I'm afraid I'm not well uh, sort of qualified enough to say whether or not that is a uh, a German or an English. Uh, uniform. Gosh, you'd have been or, good in World War Two. It's a very nice-looking bike as well, actually. Um, but um, yeah, so he wasn't just an army artifacts collector; he was a keen cyclist. Uh, and what's the mood like there, Paul? I imagine there are crowds of people um, all vying to get a look, or, 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 or have the streets been cleared? No, everyone is just wandering around oh. normally. Uh, there's, I'm the only one from the media. I think they're probably sick of the size of the media yesterday. This is a uh, satellite truck central yesterday so um uh, people have been very polite this morning i've been waved at by children and uh, by mums alike so you know happy <laughs> days paul, paul when they're waving one finger that's that's no, that's not a no, nice wave it was it was a good wave it was a it was a good wave yeah. okay paul do you collect anything because we're, we're talking about collecting seems to be a gentleman's thing what, what have you what do you collect apart from great political stories Thank you. Um, I don't think I've got much of a... I'm sure my wife would disagree. Uh, I, I kind of... I don't get let go of magazines. So if I buy a magazine, I tend to keep it in a drawer somewhere. So you've got some cycling magazines. So where do you keep your stash, uh, Paul? <laughs> uh, well, my stash is Cycling Weekly. Yeah, uh, sure. In my bed. Yeah. And under the bed? <laughs> That's not a euphemism. No? Um, no, it's in a drawer by the bed. Mainly, mainly Cycling Weekly, I should say. Well, Paul, excellent stuff. <laughs> well worth getting stuck in traffic for so long. I think so. I'll try and see if I can talk to some residents before the end of the programme. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What you got, Kath? Shoes, shoes, shoes. Well, not me. I'm looking for a good time. Jenny in Bedford. I've got a shoe collection. 65 pairs of heels, five pairs of Doc Martens, three pairs of New Rocks, three pairs of Converse and a few other random pairs. And yes, they all get worn. Jenny, the centipede of Bedford. It's weird, isn't it? it the, the shoe thing is weird. Imelda Marcos, wasn't it, who famously had thousands of pairs of shoes while her people were starving? But nothing... Fi- I know. And that was that's obviously an extreme case. And no one would say that that was justified at all. But there is something very satisfying about wearing just the right pair of shoes with your oh, outfit. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for men. You never get the choice that we do. Well, I feel sorry for women because you have too much... I've said this before. When I do a TV show and I've got to look smart, it's which one of the three suits do I wear? And do I wear a white or blue shirt? That's the, that's the choice oh, of no, God. I love it. I love it. I love a little go in the dressing up box. Oh, no. I've never, never been a fan of that. It's great. We can change our hair, change your face with the right makeup. It's brilliant. You know, if you've got the time. Yeah. Obviously, I don't anymore. No. Uh, this is uh, Angry Julie. I guess you don't have a family member who really needs disabled parking bays. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. So sick and tired of not being able to find a spot to sort out the wheelchair. Don't need the cops having yet another set of rules for themselves. They are not above the law. No, no, but Julie, is it was Julie, was it? Yes. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying any Tom, Dick or Harry should park in the disabled bays. Of course not. I just think maybe we need to um, loosen our attitude slightly. And, and how can you say no to a police officer who is... Who knows what they've done? Maybe they've tackled a man 
madman. Maybe they've arrested a serial killer that morning. Let them go and have five, ten minutes to, to, to have a, get a burger. We're also talking about the toilets, and yep. Justin was very taken with the blue lighting. He thought it was some sort of mood lighting. It's to stop drug users. Well, that's what Andy's saying. Talking about the toilets in Bedford, did you know why there's blue lighting? Yes, it's special lighting that makes it difficult for drug addicts to find the vein. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. We haven't How got much. You? I'm fine, thanks. We haven't got much time. What would you like to say? I was going to say, I collect bags. I've got about 40. Why? I don't know. I've, I was saying to Kelly, even when I was a little girl, about five or six, yeah. if anyone had a nice carrier bag, I'd keep them. So I've been obsessed. Oh, so well, hang on, what, so are you keeping carrier bags or are no, you keeping no, handbags? These are, these are very expensive bags. What's your most expensive handbag? Well, it's not as expensive as film stars or anything. It's about 150, I think. 150 quid for a bag? <laughs> Flippin' heck! <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a bag bag, Lynn, that you put all your bags in? No, I just... And I've got all these bags. I'm always buying... And my current one's gorgeous. It's like mustard yellow leather. Oh, it's, it sounds fantastic. What's, what's in your bag, right? What's in your mustard le- uh, yellow leather bag? I've got a matching purse. Oh, beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous, Ian. You'd love it. Lynn, I'm coming round to have a look. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting up on the A1, the Great North Road, looking very slow on the sensors this morning, um, approaching the Black Cats roundabouts. And in Milton Keynes, delays at the moment on the A41 standing way between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1. Take a look in Luton and getting reports in of Shoreland Road being partially blocked at the moment between Luton and Dunstable Road uh, due to an accident that's happened there. The M1 London bound looking very heavy moving just around Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M11 heading southbound very slow moving because of an earlier accident between Junction 8 for Bishop Storford and Junction 7 for Harrow. So far, looking at the trains and disruption on Thameslink between Bedford and East Croydon, and this is all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, it's Thursday the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is rejecting calls to resign, which have been made by the family of a looter man who died in police custody. Ollie Martins admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, but the Crown Prosecution Service has decided not to press charges. A man has died after the car he was driving crashed in Bedford last night. The incident happened in Park Avenue at around 11.30. And a police investigation is continuing in St Albans, following the discovery of wartime explosives at a house in Windmill Avenue. Coming up, last 12 minutes of the show, we'll try and squeeze Dealey in. If we can, we'll do a squealy. And also your phone calls, 08459 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, we've still got a lot of low cloud around, but that's going to take a few hours to lift altogether. By this afternoon, though, things looking much brighter. Some sunny spells, but not necessarily for everyone. It could hold on to a little bit of cloud in certain spots. Uh, temperatures reaching about 24 degrees Celsius today, so really quite warm again. Now, tonight it clouds over. We may just see one or two heavy showers coming up from the south coast um, through the early hours of the morning, but I'm not sure that they'll make it to us until tomorrow during the day. Uh, certainly lots of fo- fog and 
low cloud around though again with lows between 15 and 17 degrees Celsius feeling increasingly humid over the next couple of days so tomorrow a cloudy day really not much sunshine at all some heavy thundery showers but they're fairly scattered so some of us will just have a, a grey but uh, largely dry day it might feel a little bit damp though um, temperatures reaching about 22 degrees Celsius Saturday we've got fewer showers in fact for many of us it will be a dry but cloudy day still feeling quite humid Sunday though much change so a fresher feel to the day as we have different air moving in it's going to be brighter by the afternoon and quite similar day on Monday after some early morning mist that's your latest forecast Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Panel, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. Then you just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni weekdays from 3 BBC Three Counties Radio call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Morning, morning, Just. Hey, morning, boss. How you doing, fella? Yeah, I've just had um, a wash after being into the uh, toilets this morning oh. in Bedford. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean you had a wash? Well, I'm just saying I, I was shaking people's hands all morning. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I've had this thing right where I've been having a wee at urinal, mm-hmm. and someone's come in and they've recognised me. Yeah. And they've offered me their hand to shake <laughs> while we're both having a wee-wee. I tell you what, great phone-in. Famous people you've met in the toilet. I met Noel Gallagher from Oasis <laughs> in a toilet once. And do you know what? I did exactly what you just said then. I shook his hand and I hadn't cleaned my hand. That is a br- That's tomorrow's phone-in, mm, mm. I met the radio legend that is Victoria Derbyshire. That was awkward. Oh, yeah. We did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kelly was there as well. I met Davy Jones in the toilet. Ooh, you see? Yeah. Um, who else? I met... Um, I had, um, who's that fella, Nisbet, the Irish fella? Oh. He pulled me out in a toilet. He pulled me out of a toilet. Jim, Jimmy? Jimmy Nisbet. Pulled you out of a toilet? Yeah, I was, I was in the toilet. Yeah. And he, I was going into the cubicle and he grabbed me by the shoulder. Nah, I'm going in there first, fella. Oh. <laughs> this is when he was doing cold feet. Right. I'm going in there first, fella. But I bet he raised his eyebrows and twinkled and you just let him. No, I was really annoyed. Oh. So why was he going in there first? What, because he was in cold feet and he thought he was some sort of big star? I, I don't think- know why he was in such a rush to get in that toilet, but boy, oh boy, he needed to get in there quickly. Desperate. Yeah. Desperate. Yeah, so, um, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of, that's tomorrow's phoning. What celebrities mm. he met in the toilet? Mm. But that's not what we're talking about today, is it? No, it's not. Oh, sorry, I've got to play this. Sorry, I've just been um, flashed up on my screen. Kath has, has typed a message, don't forget to play the jingle. Yeah. Otherwise, Dealey will have a stroke. So. Don't sing it. No. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. You're all... Don't, now the girls are singing it. <laughs> it's a great jingle. Catchy. Thanks again for all the uh, the feedback and comps on the street. And um, how, how much how much feedback, how many comps have you had today? Uh, I had, what, a good, what, six yesterday? And probably a good, what, eight today? People saying in to me... In the toilet? That, no, not in the toilet. But people in the toilet. People coming up to the branded car saying to me, is that really Peter Andre? And I'm saying, yes, it is. Absolutely. So let me say this once again publicly. Peter, a big thank you. Your time was greatly appreciated. Such a muppet. 
All right, Justin. So we've we've done the the ego massage. We've done the back rub. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what what are you talking about now? Well, talking about Muppets. Um, you've been saying this morning there's nothing wrong, and I can't quite believe this. Uh, you've been saying there's nothing wrong with a police car parking either in a disabled bay or a double yellow line yeah. to go and get some food. No, I don't think there's any problem with it at all. Right. Just remind me why you think that, boss. Because the poli- the police may have arrested a serial killer, a rapist. Right. They might have um, saved someone's life. They might have gone around to an old lady's house and told, mm. give them some bad news. Yep. Give them a break. Why should they be driving around like civilians trying to find a parking space when they want to grab right. a bite to eat? Five, ten minutes. Come on, guys. Get over it. You can wait. So hang on, Mr. Serial Killer. Can you just stay there for a second in the back of the car? I'm now going to go and get no, myself a no, burger. No, 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 Do you see how ridiculous no, that mate, sounds? No, Come mate, on. No, mate. Y- y- yeah, it does sound ridiculous because you're actually being uh, uh, genuinely obstructive. They've not got the serial killer in the back of a car. Right, so they've dropped him off and yeah. now they're hungry. Yes, mate. It's, yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's a scenario. What's wrong with that? Has anybody agreed with you so far? The, 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 well, I'm guessing the people that have agreed with me are too afraid to phone up because of the backlash they'll get. Right, OK. Probably, they probably have phoned up and Catherine hasn't let them on. <laughs> I would never do that. OK. Um, I've taken this one to the streets. I've been uh, in bed for this morning asking people, is there... I can't believe we're asking this. Is there anything wrong... Where have you taken it? ...to, to the streets in Bedford? <laughs> Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Don't dance. Just because every time you say that, I have to play the jingle, I've been told. Okay. Uh, So, I've been in bed for this morning, asking people, is there anything wrong with this? Um, Ian, here's what happened. Well, here's Dave. Dave, how often are you seeing police cars parked on either double yellow lines or disabled bays simply to go and get some food? How often are you seeing that? Two or three times a week. You see them doing it two to three times a week. Round that way, yeah, in Bedford, yeah. Yeah, they stop, you see the cars parked there, no one in them. Can there be any excuse for them to do that? Not really, no. No, other people are not allowed to do it, so why should they? Have you ever said anything to them? No, you don't do it. <laughs> That's the problem, no. isn't it? Yeah, we no. all think it's yeah, wrong, the majority, yeah. but we don't say anything. No, because they're, they're, uh, they're supposed to be in the right, aren't they? But you think they're in the wrong? Uh, well, yeah, if they're doing that, yeah, definitely. When I do the security, I see them like, parking up, and just parking on double air lines all the time. Just to get food, like Subway, because it's on the high street. When you see that, how frustrating is that for you, knowing that you can do that? No, I know, we can't do it, but they're allowed. Do you think there can ever be excuse for them if they're hungry? Never. If we can't do it, why can they? Well, I think it's all, all wrong, and uh, anybody else, they get a ticket, they get away with it. Uh, no, no excuse. Because Ian's saying this morning, well, they're busy people and they've got to eat. Yes, but I presume they, like everyone else, they have planned breaks. Even if they're out doing something, um, yeah. they must have breaks. That's, yeah, so that's how it works. I would expect yeah. them she's to right. yeah. get she, their food on their breaks. Yeah, she's right, Just. That's how mm-hmm. the police works. They get planned break. They get tea breaks. Mm-hmm. And at 12 o'clock, they get, a, they get an hour off for lunch. That's how it works being a police officer, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. And if well, they see yeah. crime going on at 12.15, mm. they're not allowed to do it because their union won't. What a load of old nonsense. If there was such an emergency, why would they be parking in a disabled bay in the first place because they're hungry come on ian you're a top broadcaster mate but you've got it horribly wrong here it's ridiculous you are no it's not ridiculous. it is absolutely ridiculous to suggest that they're hungry and they're busy so why shouldn't they take up the sable thanks justin cheers andrew hello ian morning andrew what you got for us okay very quickly it's actually illegal for an ambulance, even if they're carrying someone, to um, 
break the speed limit. Is it? It is, and if they get caught, they get points on their license, which what? I find amazing. That seems absolutely incredible. I know, my wife told me, I didn't believe her, so I googled it, and it turns out it's true. They can't break the speed limit, but yet a policeman can pull over on, doesn't matter what, and go and get his lunch. But it's right they should be allowed to do that, isn't it? That they should be allowed to go and park in a disabled bay? It's definitely, I I think it's okay they should be able to do that, because otherwise they can't go back to duty quickly, but... What I'm saying is you can't have cross-standards like that. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm surprised. Uh, Andrew, listen, thank you for that. I know you're in a bit of a rush. I'll let you move on. I'm surprised by that. Oh, at last they're starting to come. Ben's in Buckingham. Morning, Ben. Morning. You agree with me, don't you? Yep. Tell me why. Why should police officers be allowed to park in disabled bays? Because if in the middle of getting their food, they had an emergency to rush through, it's easier for them to get to their car quicker Ladies so they can get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the argument I've been trying to verbalise all morning. You have summed it up in, in a, a dozen simple words, Ben. It makes sense, doesn't yep. it? And people say, oh, well, yeah, I'm not allowed to do it. Well, th- th- I'm afraid I'm not as important as a police officer. I'm sure your job, Ben, isn't as important nope. as a police officer, is it? No. And this nonsense from that woman, oh, well, why don't they just go, they get, I'm sure they get certain breaks they can go. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't go, right, you started at 8 o'clock, so you're going to have a break, a 20-minute break at 11.40. Ben, thank you for your support. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello there. Good, good morning, Matt. What you got for us? I'm talking about, you're on about collecting. Uh, I collect Johnny Cash albums for years Johnny and years. Johnny Cash thrones? Johnny Cash albums. Oh, yeah, how many have you got? Uh, I've got about 50. Hey, good lad. Proper hey. albums. I mean, where you can read the back and yeah. read all about it. Records. And yeah. about the police. Yeah. They should be allowed to park where they want because they're a deterrent. Anybody sees it, oh, it's there. Matt, that and is a, a brilliant argument. That's a brilliant argument. Of course it's a deterrent. Yes. You, two, you two are in danger of actually starting to get on. What is the matter with you? It's the very minute you see a police car, you stop speeding. People will stop doing things, so it doesn't matter where they park. This is a, park this, anywhere. This is unique. Matt is agreeing with me and having a go at Catherine. I know. Put her in a place, Matt. Go on. No, no. You bet you'd like that, wouldn't you, eh? Oh, no, I'd like to put you in your place, pal. Oh, cheeky. There we go, back to the normal. Yeah, there we go. And finally, Paul Scoynes, who's been in St Albans uh, in, a, in an area that's full of police and war bombs. Paul, what, what have you got for us? I've had to move back slightly, Ian. A high-risk item is being removed, so we're uh, being extra careful. But I've been allowed to stand on Steve and Marion's grass. They're two big fans of the show. Uh, very disappointed to hear that, quote, Mad Dog Dealey was down here yesterday and they didn't get to meet him. But um, they shooed all of the national media off this piece of grass. But they said, Paul, you're from three counties. You can come along. So I'm, uh, I'm standing on the grass. Still not really very much to see other than a lot of police cars. We there. don't do this very often, Scoins, but give them a big up again. Big up to Stephen Marion from uh, St Albans, north, north St Albans. Stephen Marion, tomorrow's show is dedicated to you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off in the Milton Keynes and delays at the moment on the A41 standing way in both directions between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1. Taking a look in Luton and reports of Shoreland Road being partially blocked between Luton and Dunstable Road. That's following an accident there. And taking a look so far at the trains, disruption on Thameslink between Bedford and St Pancras. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. Thank you to Scoynes, to Justin, to Catherine, to Kelly. David's up next. We'll be back tomorrow at six o'clock. Till then, from us, ta-ta.
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you to Ian Lee and the team. Back tomorrow morning from 6am. It's the JBS Show. It's 9am. David Priebus standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith and it's the big phone in this morning. I want to hear from you.